0: This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Crystal Groves, William Place, Nicholas Zlozel. Ooh, that's a good one. Laurie McClory, she rhymes. Stephen Howland, he doesn't. DDP McCarthy, he's named after a wrestler. Nicholas Sterevinsky, he's not. David McMillan, Daniel Berg, and Charles Muir. None of them know where my keys are, but they are all fine and faithful spoiler ants. And this one goes out to them. I'd, I'd send it to you if you know where my keys are. Issue single, malt, double entendres, triple irons, and hi, my name is Zach! You may call me Shang-Chi as my father did when he raised me and molded my mind and body in the vacuum of his Honan China retreat. I learned many things from my father. That my name means rising and advancing of a spirit. That my body could be forged into a living weapon through the disciplines of Kung Fu. That the pearl of the plural of papoose is papooses. But since then, I have learned that my father is an evil robot overlord and he has made me perform on the major spoilers podcast, which is on the air.
1: Welcome to issue 523 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening to this free podcast. You can check us out over at Majorspoilers.com or follow us at Twitter at major spoilers or at Fearsome Critter or at ZWolf.
2: Or yeah,
0: let's get to some news. <laughs> oh, or Mighty King it's Cobra. It's too
2: early for that. Hurtful.
0: I didn't even take <laughs> shots at you in the open.
1: <laughs> Not this time. No. Uh, let us, uh, you can follow Matthew over at Mighty King Cobra. Let's get to some 535 news.
0: 535 shows in and I've only taken He's shots. See, he
1: doesn't yet. even listen. 523.
0: Five, uh. Yeah,
1: 532. That's what you said. <clears throat> Let's get to some news. We've got uh, Fables headed to the big screen and now has a production team. The Desolation of Smog trailer has arrived and DC Comics pushes the price drop for their digital comics to eight weeks instead of four. Let's <gasps> spin that wheel of destiny. And there it stops right there. DC Comics has made the decision that instead of uh, four weeks out before they give you a price drop over at Comixology, Mm -hmm. they want you Mm -hmm. to wait eight weeks. Now, a lot of people were upset about this because there was no formal announcement, but uh, people who went in on uh, June 1st looking to buy their May comics at a discount suddenly said, hey, wait a minute, Comixology, you guys are messing up. Price isn't down to $1.99 or whatever the dollar prices drop. Uh-huh. And Comixology responded, yeah, we don't set the price. That's DC Comics, and they've decided to push that out to eight weeks now.
2: Oh, so this wasn't even like... No, this isn't Comixology deciding to do this. They right, said but the price
0: is set by the publisher. This wasn't even something that Comixology knew about.
2: No, they they knew about it. They just didn't announce it. Right, because that's something that DC should have talked right, to right, people right, about. Right, I right, see. right, right. So do you think that there was some kind of outcry from... The brick and mortar mom and that, pop. Types. I mean, that's a
1: good question because you know originally, in order to keep the uh, the brick and mortars kind of I happy, don't know, happy, I guess yeah, yeah. you know they said Fear. okay when we release these digital comics the same day that we we release the print comics, they will be the same price, the same cover price, same uh-huh. as the cover mm-hmm. price, and um, and then they said a month after, then we'll drop that price to a you know a, by a dollar or whatever that is, right. But I would think, Matthew, you work at a comic book store. Yes. Um, I would think that a month out, aren't you? Are you? Do you still have comics on the shelves, or have they moved to the back issue bins?
0: Yes. The well, yes and no. The last issue, or the last basically thirty odd days worth of books, will always be on the shelf. So if number four just came out, and I still have them in stock, four and three should be on the wall mm. to purchase. Assuming it's a monthly title. And then two and one will have already moved to the back ah, issue. Bins.
1: so... Or to be
0: honest, way. they will have moved to my desk and get to the back issue bins next Sunday.
1: So then, in this case, if they push it out to two months, if DC mm-hmm. says we're going to keep that same cover price for two months instead yep. of one month, now you, the brick and mortar, are now not out any money or you don't have the threat of losing anybody over to digital because they're getting it for a dollar cheaper.
0: I would say that there is less of a threat of that, but I mean... I feel like the people who are really wanting to price it down are willing to wait. I think this is more of something that, yes, it will be an inconvenience to the fan who, you know, wants to wait for the cheaper book. But I don't know necessarily that it's all about the brick-and-mortar Oh, no,
1: I know it's all. It's not I all think about the brick-and-mortar brick. Oh. I think it is yeah. a bottom-line issue. I think, you know, if you're going to – I mean, there is such a – so Apple takes a third of every sale that goes through their app store. So right. if you're selling something for a dollar, they're getting thirty-three cents. I don't know what Comixology cut is, but let's assume that they're getting thirty-three cents. And then DC is getting thirty-three cents. Now Comixology may be getting less than that.
2: I would be surprised if they're getting a whole third.
1: Let's say that let's say that DC Comics is getting fifty cents per comic on that right. ninety nine cents. Multiply that times three, that's a buck fifty for a three, mm-hmm. $3. ninety nine title or a two ninety nine title. Right. That's a big, you know. You sell ten thousand copies.
2: Yeah. That's a lot mm-hmm.
1: of money being made through the digital store, and if you're cutting that by a whole buck a month later from and, a buck and, fifty and down then, to fifty cents, and
2: then after that in perpetuity, right? Because
1: it right, right, always right. Drops, yeah stays down to that right. price. True. I mean, there's a whole month where they're losing out on
2: right. What is that? A buck so, fifty times
1: uh, ten thousand is uh,
2: fifteen thousand. So with your uh, yeah. amazing future brain, do you think this is going to be a trend? Do you think we're going to see more and more and more time being spent at cover price well, here's, on the digital market?
1: here's the thing. I did see some grumblings, but I haven't seen anybody say, well, I'm not going to buy my digital comics anymore. Right. Right. So it's kind of like those people who say, damn it, I'm never going to go buy Captain America anymore. Here's my money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think... What's going to happen is, as long as people aren't complaining about the price, yeah, we're going to see this turn into a three-month, and then a six-month, and then a, we'll wait for the trade comes out, and then we'll drop it down. Or you watch Comixology for their $0.99 cent sale, and as long as people aren't complaining and still paying two ninety nine for that comic book, I think that's a trend that'll probably continue. I'm not particularly, because there's no justification, there's no reason why right, they have right. to do it. It's not like DC is saying, oh, well, we've got to pay more server costs. Right. Well, there aren't any server costs. That's right, Comixology right, right, cost. Right. And unless yeah, there's, there's been no, some negotiations I mean, to change that, yeah. there's no reason for DC to push that out to eight weeks except for money. Right. Uh, right. Or, or unless they have some other creator thing lined and they up. Were,
2: and they were kind of probably hoping to slip it under the radar, but then Comixology mm-hmm. threw their hands up in the air and said, whoa, it's not yeah. us, you guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, and this was from uh, the Comixology support Twitter feed, which is, I think, Comixology support with no underscore in between, yeah. Right? So, I, I, what do you think about this, Zach? You I, read mostly digital comics.
3: Yeah, that's all I read now, and uh, I think it's interesting that DC would do this, especially with all the other major publishers still on Comicsology, and they still do the regular. Besides, Marvel, they do a whole yeah. They weird, do the they cover do a, price, and I do a cover know price for like ever. Yeah, they like never drop except um, for the ninety nine cents. Ninety nine cent sales on Mondays. Right. And then, but, it, but you it, still it have image, way, you and know. the image drops their books once a new issue comes out. Issue before is down to $1.99. dollar ninety nine. So what DC used to do, right? And they always used to do that. So
1: and then there's a lot of companies like Monkey Brain that uh, still release their titles at ninety nine cents. Right, nine it, cents. A Brand new issue comes out, it's ninety nine cents. Right. So you've got a huge price gap here. You've got some companies selling for mm-hmm. four bucks, three ninety nine, and some people selling for a buck.
3: Sure. And people generally. I feel like I see people talk about the price point on digital comics fairly regularly on the internet about how they think it's wrong that a digital comic is still the same as a physical copy because
2: they're not,
3: they don't even own it. Yeah. They don't own the comic. Right. They're just really, that's you're, just, a, that's you're ultimately the, just the, renting the lack the of
2: ownership is a whole nother issue. Right. I mean, you still get to like read it and, read it, and, and, and access it usually but, whenever you want. Right. R- renting in
1: perpetuity.
3: Right, right. And then but I think so people, people like, are still yeah. upset that or think it's wrong that that is the same price as being able to own a comic and so I think well, keeping the price up on digital comics will make some people angry but I'm sure they'll still keep Okay reading. well look at I mean think
1: of this if you buy a movie through iTunes if mm-hmm. I go buy Cloud Atlas right in HD I'm either going to be paying 19.99 or 24.99 mm-hmm. if I go buy the DVD as a physical copy I'm either going to be paying 24.99 or 34.99 so, even on the movie side, they're getting you to basically pay yeah. what the cost of that movie is. And even rental, five bucks for a rental? Mm. When was the last time you went, rented a movie for five bucks?
3: Well, the way our
0: Hastings rents movies yeah.
3: every time. Matthew, what do you think of all this?
0: I think it's interesting that the companies have found a way to monetize back issue sales. But more importantly, I think that. Well,
1: also, now, but that's an interesting point that you make yeah. there, Matthew, because. All along, all the back issues are monetized and the profits go directly to DC. When you guys sell your back issues, the publishers already gotten their money. You're just making more money yourself or you're trying to recoup the loss uh, when you sell a back issue.
0: Not even necessarily a loss. I mean, it's kind of the risk reward of the game is you buy a certain number of copies. You bet you can sell a certain number of copies when they go in the back issue bins or when new ones come in and people say hey you want to buy this deadpool you know we buy them and then we we price them according to the right. you know, the amount that we put into it i think that the digital copies say 6 month a 6 month old issue of avengers or honestly the way avengers has been coming out an avengers issue that was 6 issues ago which came out like 9 weeks ago whatever it was that book is not going to be available on the stands in most places so if you go you're technically buying it from somebody who already bought and ordered it you're getting it from right. Comicsology. you get it for a dollar less than what you're paying they're getting money for the back issue sales so right i think that what 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 we're probably seeing here and i don't know if they count digital books into market share or anything like no that, they we've but never seen just,
1: a r- we've never seen numbers on digital comic sales
0: yeah i think this is this is you know bolstering the Hey, look, all of a sudden we can make an extra dollar. I think that even if you take into account the people who won't go buy it, who will wait that extra week, you're probably going to see considerably hundreds of thousands more dollars in that two week period on the digital sales just by, you know, taking this, well, this extension of what two weeks
1: and certainly, but what for? I mean, it's uh, four more weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Okay. But I guess the thing is. Most of us are buying our digital comics the week that the new comic comes out just because of the nature of the website and reviewing sure. stuff on their website. And occasionally right. if I'm behind on some issues, I'll go and buy like four or five of them right, in a row. Right. To catch up. To catch up. Mm-hmm. Um but I wonder if this is just going to get everybody to say, All right, I'll wait another month and then go pick up my, you know, iron or like a DC comic. I'll go pick up my action comics in another month. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean there could be a lot of people that do that, and then you run into the risk of uh, I think two months later, see, it's time to forget about action now, comics. People now, have forgotten about that. Now that, that we're item. in this
2: discussion and that I've thought about it, I just think, you know what? DC knows their people. They know who's buying their comics I don't think and they, they do. I think that they do. They still I think, publish Hawkman. I think what? <laughs>
1: they still publish Hawkman.
2: Um, Hawkman is selling to people. I think and that's the thing, is that there's the people that Think about these things and think to themselves. Well, if I wait another month, I can get this on the cheap. And then there are people that say the new whatever I'm into is out. I am going right. to buy it. Buy, 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 buy it. Oh, I sure hate the way that things are going in this comic. Oh well, I'm going to buy it anyway. That's what I said here. Take my take my money. Exactly, exactly. So DC this knows that they can explain.
0: Why do you still read it? It's my favorite. There DC
2: knows that there is a significant portion, and this is not just DC fans. There's there's a lot of you know. For example, Marvel fans that are the exact same way. But um, DC knows that those people are going to buy those comics at that price or at a higher price, no matter what. And mm-hmm. they they probably think that extending in a month gets people that are slightly less likely to commit to still do that. Because for me, for example, if I'm curious about what's happening in a DC book... I and I see that I could wait another month right. to buy it. I would just wait a month. I
1: think this is a slow creep for DC to do what Marvel is doing, as Zach said, not to drop the price at all. Because here I'm looking at superior. That wasn't Spider-Man. Zach, that was me. Oh, I'm sorry, because um, I'm still looking at superior Spider-Man number one, still three ninety nine. Right. On, yeah, on the Comixology yeah. store. So I think that's there. Now, just like here, the, just like DC said, they were going to hold the line at two ninety nine. Right.
2: Here's the here's well, the thing was, about here's, here's the thing about yeah, was this. Like two years ago. Here's the thing about yeah, this man, conversation.
0: They've slept since then.
2: You know, Matthew brought up um, back issues. This idea of monetizing the aftermarket yeah. is really becoming very popular with content creators. Oh, yeah, it is. So there is a very similar discussion going on in video games right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, with the new, and we'll talk about this later, the Xbox. Is it the Xbox, Xbox One, One Xbox that won't One. let you play right. old games? Right, exactly. Man, that's idiotic. We'll we'll get to it. All right. That's why I think, and I've said this before, I think what these digital publishers need to do is go and look and see what the Zune tried to do. And I think (laughs) the Zune may have been ahead of its time. I know. This is pretty crazy, right? (laughs) But I'm sitting here with Rodrigo and I'm saying, oh my God, Rodrigo, I just read all 10 issues of Superior Spider-Man. Uh-huh. You really need to go check it out. And Rodrigo's like, oh man, I really want to check it out, but I'm not going to pay three ninety nine for each copy. Well, guess what, Rodrigo? We can touch our devices together, tap or whatever that we got to do. And now Rodrigo has 24 hours to read a comic. You know, mm-hmm. Zoom, that was the whole thing. Welcome to the social. You can share your song right. for three days, play it as many times as you want it over three days. And then after that, you either bought it or it got deleted off your Zoom drive. player. Yeah. I think they should do that with digital comics. I can share it with you. You can read it once, and then it's off your hard drive. It's, you buy it's it a good it's idea. it's gone off the, your system.
2: The issue there is the you always run into things that are good and bad uh, on any given thing, right? There's no complete... Like, nobody completely owns the digital tablet market. You know, yeah. Apple's ahead or whatever. Right. But... You have to both do things for Microsoft and for Apple, and some of them they're not going to like and things mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, all of this stuff would still be very dependent on the manufacturers of the actual hardware. Uh-huh. Uh, if,
1: in this case, if you're doing it on an app, I think it could be an app thing. Send to friend. Type in their email address. Mm-hmm. Bloop, don't, there's your link, Rodrigo.
2: Don't you... Have Anything that you buy on an Apple product, don't you have to technically buy through iTunes, even Comixology stuff? Uh,
1: but this would just be a, I'm sharing this with you, so it's not technically a don't, purchase.
2: Don't you, everything that you buy, has doesn't it have to go through iTunes?
1: I mean, it does go through iTunes. Right.
2: Yes. So then, A, Apple has control of that infrastructure. Sure. And B, they can put plenty of pressure on people to not let them do that, because that's 33 cents that they're not getting. Ah, but,
1: here's the thing. If I read it once, and then I have the option of buying it or deleting it, right? if I want to go back and reread that again, or you want to go back and reread that again, now you're going to pay that 99 cents or whatever for that issue. Now it's an incentive for Apple to say, you
2: know what? Yes. That would, that would be same, an incentive I mean, for Apple this, to do this that. Is, but it's the same incentive wrong. for Apple to, say, only play you the first 10 seconds of a song when or, you're browsing.
1: Or Pandora, which right. lets you play the song, mm. and if you like it, you can buy it right from there. So right, there's this right. incentive of... Hey, kid, try this out, not just the first five pages, well, although they do try to do that with comiXology, but read this first issue. If you want to read it again or you want to read the next issue, of course, you got to pay the price. I think Apple would see, well, who knows what they're thinking these days, <laughs> but okay, either I'm not getting <laughs> well, your business. Well, so here's the choice. I'm either not getting your business or I have the potential to get your business, right. and mm-hmm. the potential is that money that's left on the table, and you never leave money on the table. So the potential
2: is there. And I get get what you're saying, but I think that from a corporate standpoint, and, you know, I've never been a corporation, but from what I've observed, from a corporate standpoint, they think that what you're doing is, what you're suggesting, is leaving money on the table. Because if you're already getting that word of mouth, oh man, this was great. Right, right. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna app it up to you. Mm-hmm. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. Oh, I can read the first two pages. Yeah, this seems decent. I'll pay for it as opposed to yeah, reading yeah. the whole thing, listening to the whole song, and all that stuff. I think that you are correct, mm-hmm. and that that is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that word of mouth plus sampling the whole product would be optimal. Well, I'm do not arguing a, they that. They do have a sample saying, built into
1: the store already, so you yeah. can go mm-hmm. onto your Comixology app and you can read the first three pages that way. Um, the other thing that they need to do if they really want to scam people's monies, and I truly say scam people's money, <laughs> is you create a subscription process to where
3: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. um, you buy 12 issues of Matthew, the uh, the Hawkman series, you mm-hmm. pay for it up front, and then, we'll, put, and then we'll push out <laughs> those, uh, we'll push those titles out to you when they become available, or we'll send you a push notification that says you can now download it, but guess Be-be-de-boop. what? Just like a gym membership. Three months later, if you're not constantly going in and downloading and checking your for your new Hawkman issue, you've paid for a year's worth of stuff and right. haven't read it yet.
2: And and right. at the end of the year, it'll get renewed, because that's how everything that's is. That's how it yep. works.
4: Mm.
1: Well, don't everybody be mad at Comixology. No, no. Yeah, uh, be mad at Steven. They're just the messengers. They're Why? Because I'm cool telling people. everyone what to yes. do, and then... Within a year, they do it.
2: Don't be mad at Steven, either. You can't be mad at the guy holding up, like, a staff with, like, a skull on it, screaming, This is the future! (laughs) I have seen a vision of things to come! Because Steven is always right. And sometimes it's scary, but you can't be mad at Steven when he's right. He's just calling it out. I'm just waiting for the EMP to erase everything that we do, so... All yes. of us sitting here will be unemployed, <laughs> and then, um, but then nothing. Electricity will, will just will go that, away yeah. from the world completely. Apparently, yes, no electricity. According to Revolution, yes, like you can't, you can't just like rub two okay. magnets together and generate yes. electricity. <laughs> exactly. Again.
0: If we're going to take a pair, uh, some psycho premise, let's not take it from the number four networks BS sub Friday night show. Okay, what? let's do like Falling Skies, where the aliens come down and eat our brains or some shit. I
2: don't sorry, revolution is about. is a preserve button for. Me. Oh, sorry, revolution is yeah. what? How that? dare you? Revolution How dare you? Is a um a show There's on a show. I want to say NBC, featuring um Nothing. like half the cast who got uh, from um that uh, what was it, the one with the lizard people V V you remember mm-hmm. V the main character from V is like the s- uh, secondary character uh in Revolution but the premise is electricity goes away from the world, right? There's like this giant EMP, everything shuts right, right. down, but then also it doesn't come back. Yeah. Like you can't build new electrical devices either. Yeah, that would be the <laughs> stupid part. Right, <laughs> right, right. And I mean, that's the stupid part. And is, they've,
1: but the thing is, if there was such a thing, it would take, I think they've said it was going to take like 20 years to rebuild the entire infrastructure. Right, right. I mean, not on this show, but I think that's what they, the yeah. scientists have said. It would take 20 plus years to rebuild the entire infrastructure.
2: Right, but you could still like... Cobbled together something. Oh sure, sure. That could generate yeah, smoke, them. like like a, like an actual like hand crank, hand crank generator. generator sure, but anyway, generator. I haven't seen too much of the show. I know that there's maybe some kind of magical tower that prevents electricity from coming back. I oh, think really? It's a latest development. Yes. Really? And what
0: happens? Yeah. Four now, is this an
2: alien thing? No, no, no. It's oh, like okay. a, it's like a U.S. Like shadow a U.S. Thing? government thing. No. And no. no. Nowadays, the, the fashion oh. nowadays is the the government has all these like projects right mm. yeah that's that's what's fashionable now the enemy is within mm. well you know what it sounds like a dumb show if listeners if you, uh. want to,
1: uh, if you want to know more about the uh
2: DC if you'd like comics, to if or, you'd like to defend revolution yes. go to the comments
1: yeah definitely go over to the comments of this podcast or if you want to read uh more about the dc comics thing or share your thoughts on the comicsology thing just head over to Majorspoilers.com and while you're over there check out every i think it comes out every thursday or friday morning friday morning Jason Reads Comics. Jason Inman, who has been a friend of Major Spoilers for a long time, has started doing some weekly videos for us where he sits down and he reads all the comics from a specific publisher, shares his thoughts, and we get the video goodness right there on Major Spoilers. Also, if you are a fan of our Critical Hit podcast, for the last two weeks now, Rodrigo has uh, posted a couple of articles talking about the central continent, the place where our adventurers are right now. Definitely worth checking out if you want to find out more about that uh, that realm, and you know what I'm gonna bet that we as players probably ought to read all that stuff
2: uh you could I specifically waited until after the characters were already there to post it because I thought definitely one of you would jump all over that and read it I'm so sure Adrian I didn't, didn't want yeah, I didn't wanna do that um but it. now that you have actually been to those places, your characters could pick up some of that stuff um. But, you know, you guys are bad at, like, calling up information during the game anyway, so I'm really not worried about it.
0: And when we do try to call in information, we always presume that we know what information we're going to get, which sends us down the primrose path in the wrong direction. But I don't know that because my intelligence is only eight.
1: If you want to know what Critical Hit is, it is a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons. It's a fun podcast. A lot of listeners uh, listen to that. We've also got a bunch of other podcasts in the Major Spoilers Podcast uh, podcast Network, mm-hmm. Master Feed. You can find that over at iTunes. We have, of course, Major Spoilers, Critical Hit. We have a show called Top 5 where we run down our top, top five, five things because everybody loves a list.
2: Who run podcast town? Master Feed. <laughs>
0: Two men and one comic will enter. One (laughs) yes, dueling dueling
1: reviews. uh, Dueling reviews uh, comes out where Matthew and I sit down and we give an uh, in-depth review over a issue that comes out that week. We've got Zach on film. Young Zach over here wants to be a movie maker. Hello, and uh, we try to uh, to get him to watch some old movies.
2: We we try to ingratiate ourselves so that he will cast us in his movies (laughs) he
1: will make in the future. I need to follow up with somebody. Somebody the other day was like posted on Twitter. Oh, hey, I just. uh, Directed my first movie. What podcast do you guys think I should be on to, to talk about this? And I need to contact her again and say, uh, you know, what'd be really awesome is for you to have a conversation with young Zach mm-hmm. and tell him what your experience was as a first time director coming from the actor side and moving yeah. into directing. So I need to follow up on that. Um, Back, what else we it. got? We've got uh, Wayne's Comics Podcast, Wayne's Comics. which is our first outside podcast that's joined the network.
4: Party time! Excellent!
1: And what else am I missing? So, oh, Munchkin Land, where we sit down and play Munchkin from uh, Steve Jackson Games. A lot of fun there. A lot of people listen to that, and we I appreciate saw. everyone who does that. <laughs>
2: You do? I'm not Zach, on it. Zach, Zach is bad at it. <laughs> yeah, Zach is very bad at it.
1: Uh, which brings us to the big thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure that we can generate more content for you, more entertainment for you, whether that be in a podcast or a video show that we're working on, or audio dramas, or just more features and reviews up on the Major Spoilers website. We can do it with your help. Again, everything that you're getting right now is still free, and we we love doing what we can do. But we can do more and give more to you if we can find some funding. So we have our major spoilers uh, goal going on, our funding goat, and I want to. I'm happy to announce that we are right now at 20 percent of the way to our goal of 6,000 five dollar a month subscribers. So do the math, Zach.
3: I don't want to I'm embarrass myself. 20 percent of is 600 is 300. 300.
1: 300? Well, we've got more than that, but some some people are doing ten dollars a month. Some people are doing. Um, no wait.
0: Yeah, 20% of 6,000 is 1,200.
1: Yeah, 1,200 people. 1,200 people.
0: Math is hard. Uh. Yep.
1: And uh, as soon as I get a Friday, I think, is my day off. I'm going to have Zach and uh, Rob run the site again on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to work some more on our members-only site, which I want to launch really soon. So probably I'm going to say within the next two weeks, those should of you who a- are yeah. current subscribers should start getting a notification that says, come and check out the site. Now, it won't have everything in there, but it'll at least be testing the uh, the membership system. Yep. So, very, very Work in progress. Work in progress. And we've got something, we will have something up there, especially for you people who are uh, subscribers. We've got uh, something called Bonus Tracks, mm-hmm. and it is an uh, audio feed that you sync up with a movie. You can listen along as you watch the movie and hear our commentary. Sometimes funny, sometimes informational, sometimes just... Well, Rob's on it, so sometimes just Ah, very, very sad. ah, (laughs) ah. It's a good good thing Rob doesn't listen to this show. I know, that's so bad. Uh, If you want to get your name shouted out at the top of the show, just become one of our $10 a month subscribers. You'll get that name shouted out in one of our many, many shows. So thank you to everyone who does that.
0: One of us will probably mispronounce your name.
1: Well, it's almost a guarantee. All right, let us get to some reviews.
4: Reviews.
1: This week for me, I'm going to review a movie.
0: <gasps> I uh, we can't do that. This isn't Zach on Film. No, no, Zach on Film <laughs> is a
1: reflection of movies and why they work or what what they don't work and how Zach we, we can't do Zach this. This learn. isn't
0: movie podcast madness. Uh, we but, have it is, madness. but it
1: is. it is <laughs> about <have> movie sign. <laughs> but it is about pop culture. And um, I found this one of the great things about me sitting down and watching stuff on iTunes is iTunes has now in theaters or they have a section for pre-release watch the movie before it's in theaters mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that movie monsters from a few years ago that yeah. was up on itunes like months before it was Way in the early. theater um john dies at the end hint uh <laughs> was also up on the itunes feed before it hit theaters and so i was flipping through new releases and i came across this one called history of future folk and it shows two guys in like red jumpsuits with buckets on their heads <laughs> playing uh, guitar and a banjo and i'm like what is this History of Future Folk. So apparently Future Folk is a bluegrass country band that performs in clubs throughout Brooklyn and New York City. And apparently they've been doing it for a number of years and are quite popular. And so so, and their gimmick is that they are not humans. They are aliens from another planet that have come here. And so the movie, the History of Future Folk, tells the story of how they came to this planet (laughs) and uh, how they came into being. And so you hear you've got General <laughs> Trius, who was uh, the planet Hondo. In Hondo, they use the word Hondo a lot. It's almost like the word Mahalo. Right. So you hear them use the word Hondo, Hondo, just back and forth as greetings <laughs> and sayings and battle charges and everything. So there's this huge comet going to smash into planet Hondo, and uh, General Trius comes to Earth because he thinks that this is the place where everyone can live, all the people from his planet can come here, and he's getting ready to set off this virus that will wipe out everybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. And then he hears music for the first time. And never heard music before and instantly falls in love with music and starts learning to play all these instruments and picks up a banjo and starts performing um, as a, as a uh, street performer. Yeah, well, not really a street performer. He does get into like small, small clubs. Mm. And I should say the club owner is played by D. Snyder, Nice. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the planet sends an assassin to take out General Trius because they think he's betrayed them or hasn't done his job. Right. And General Trius grabs the mighty Kevin, or soon-to-be mighty Kevin, ties him up and forces him to listen to music, and he has the exact same reaction. <laughs> oh, my God, this is wonderful. All we have to do is broadcast this to our planet, and they will not attack. Well, that's not the case. But the duo, as they're trying to figure out how they can solve the situation, are playing gigs at, <laughs> at this club and drawing a larger and larger audience. Now... General Trius has been here for 11 years, so there's a little bit of a complication. Married and has a child. Wow. Oh. And it is a quirky, bizarre, well-shot, independent movie with a wonderful soundtrack by this group called Future Folk. Mm-hmm. They have the first album, I guess, just came out, or has came out kind of in conjunction with the movie. And it is, Zach listened to some of the music earlier. What would yeah, you think? You saw one of the trailers. In fact, I'm going to post the trailer up on... Friday up on the, Friday, up on, the oh. on the major spoilers website on Friday is our Friday sing along, so you can check it out then. Yeah, but it is just quirky and wonderful, and and kind of a little special film that min- that mixes sci fi. It's a sci fi musical. What else? What Indie is. film. Uh huh. And it's and it's funny. If Biography. It, yes. Uh, revisionist history. Yes. <laughs> do,
3: do they keep the suits on the entire time? Pretty much. Um, when we meet uh,
1: General Trius. Uh, he dresses in normal street clothes, but then when oh, he goes yeah. to perform, he puts on his oh, okay. uh, outfit and does his uh his stuff right on but then after they get arrested uh that pretty <laughs> much the rest of them well no i shouldn 't say the rest of the movie they're wearing their outfits, but pretty much the rest of the movie they're wearing their outfits there's some montages where they 're just wearing regular street <laughs> clothes, but
3: those but, are like the outfits from their yeah from, from the condo. yeah,
1: yeah, and so it looks literally like a bucket on the head, so the first time that <laughs> the first time that uh, general Trius is up on stage uh People are kind of laughing at him because they don't know what to to think, and he's explaining that he's from another planet. And he's like, "Yeah, on, on my planet we don't have buckets." Um, I realize that looks a little silly now, and he's just really liter- And they explain it so wonderfully. Now, there's a big plot hole. I mean, there's a big glaring mathematical hole uh-huh, in the in uh-huh. the, at the end of the movie. But you can kind of suspend that, right? In order to get to the part of ah, you right, know, right and. um And so it's really a fun movie. It's available on iTunes now. Or if you live in one of the big metropolises, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, I don't know if it's playing in Miami, but you might look at your local art house theaters or your indie theater and see Mm -hmm. if they're playing there. Because I know the odd thing was I watched the movie on Saturday night that was the same night that it had its L.A. premiere. Nice. So here, I soon I'm blown away by this movie, and I go over to the Twitter, and I'm trying to find these guys on Twitter. I'm like, oh, loved your movie. And they're like, hey, we were at the premiere, too. Uh, you should have come up and said hi. And I was like,
2: uh, I'm watching this at home. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Uh-oh. I mean, it's, uh... F- Hirsch, hello. Like, Stephen puts on his mustache. Yes, hello. <laughs> I am a wheeler and dealer in Hollywood Elite. Yes, yes. Um... It's, Invite me to your next cheese tasting. I was. That's I mean, right, if if you
1: thinking. like uh, if you like quirky music, if you like uh, what is it? What is it? Filk music is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Um, th- this is falls into that genre. If you like, if you like Paul and Storm, if you like um, John uh, Jonathan Colton,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Carvunkle Car- and
3: Oats, Hunkel Car- and Oats. You're probably. Did you like their music? Yeah, like? I mean, good. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's really funny, and it's like. It's like good music. Nice. I mean, if you like you like some acoustic uh, guitar and banjo, yeah, yeah. it's some foot stomping.
1: Yeah. And I'm not normally a person who loves uh, country music, mm-hmm. but this was really good. Uh, because of the glaring plot hole, I can't give it five stars. Right. It's really worth it. So I'm giving it four and a half slices of meatloaf. Nice. Go check it out on iTunes uh, or check those guys out, uh, thehistoryoffuturefolk.com. It is a wonderful little movie that people should check out. So there you go. And it fits right in with this thing, because we're all sci-fi, pop culture, music-y. Right. So, Matthew, what do you got for us this week?
0: Uh, I got a comic book. You got naked girls? No, they, they just sort of kind of maybe look half naked. I have empowered. This is actually empowered special number four, quote, animal style, end quote, And the reason they call it that is because, well, it's empowered and things have to be a little bit suggestive, but also because the single stupidest supervillain team of all time appears in this issue. And their name is Animal Style. (laughs) And God help me, Animal Style consists of the Terror Pin, the Power Pachyderm, Siberian Tiger, Super Cobra. I can almost (laughs) get behind that. one, Almost. Brass monkey, which all right, I'll give him brass monkey and mall bunny. Uh, that one doesn't even make sense to me. Yes, it does. Think about it. What? What is it? Well, mall, mall bunny, as in like a mall, Uh uh-huh. like, like that mall. you
2: shop at. No, no, Sometimes. no. no. M A U L, a giant. Yes, no, I know, hammer. I get that. But the but the joke there is that. When, like, girls that you pick up at a mall are mall bunnies. Like snow bunnies.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I've heard mall rat before.
2: Yeah, that's like kids who hang out at a mall.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. In any case, the the animal-style attack attacks the alternate timeline superhero auto show at the Purple Paladin Convention Center which is pretty awesome. And they have, you know, these alternate vehicles and vehicles. It's basically a superhero auto show. Some of them are from the past. Some of them are from the future. It's really the cleverest thing in the issue. And it's really funny. They keep talking about these moments where it's like, this is the made man's 1960s car. And uh throughout the whole thing, they're trying to steal all these cars for whatever reason. And of course, we find that they're worried about there being some D-list super caper who might be there playing Night Watchmen. And we cut to Empowered hiding <laughs> behind a pole and freaking out about the fact that she's now being attacked by six Super Bowls. If you've read Empowered previously, and I think we all have, except for Zach, who may or may not be able to read empowered is basically no No, why can't zach read it's the story of a superheroine who has two problems in her life one she's incredibly ridiculously powerful but two her suit is really 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 fragile and has a tendency to rip and when it rips she loses her powers and the things that happen to her and many times those things involve her ending ending up gagged and tied up half naked it is not as horrifyingly sexist as it sounds. And I want to make this clear because in the middle of this issue, all of a sudden we see a flashback of uh, Alyssa empowered when she was in college talking about all of the things that she's learning in her superhuman studies major and talking about the ridiculous stuff that happens when you're a superhero. And then we cut forward everything she talks about Becomes part of the storyline. She talks about how when you're a superhero, throwing a car at somebody is stupid. You should rip off the axle and use it as a bludgeon or wrap somebody in the hood, which she totally does. This is the best superhero action issue of Empowered to the point where she is brilliant. She's taking bits of the car. She beats one guy down with a huge V8 engine. She wraps another in a hood. This is like her being a real superhero. And it's kind of bizarre. The art in the interiors isn't done by the creator, which is good because he has a tendency to make her look like a sheep anytime you see her in profile. Her face is just kind of scary. And she has Warren.
2: That, a- yeah, Adam Warren. Yeah,
0: Adam Warren. The, the interiors are done by a different artist. But Adam does these flashbacks, and throughout the issue, she kicks ass. She kicks these guys down, and one of them actually ends up – it looks like female armor, but she beats the guy and realizes it's a guy in the armor, and she's asking if he's a mecha crossdresser. And as this happens, the armor is broken, and warning, suit structural damage has resulted in brokeback posture. So he's stuck in the standard boobs and butt pose that Psylocke did from 1989 till. till When's the last issue of X Force come out?
2: Well, she's in the new X Men, so you you got to check that out.
0: And it's it's a moment where that happens, and then we have a moment of empowered talking about the things that happen to poorly trained superheroes and the things that happen to female superheroes. She takes these guys out. It's brilliant. And then her suit rips and they tie her up and they gag her. And we have a really, really scathing page of Young Empowered talking about the the stupid trope of tying up and gagging women and how it's, you know, clearly a sexist, bizarre thing. It, it, I, I kind of feel like I'm being schooled, but in a good way. And then, of course, the issue ends with the funniest part of all. You can't take cars from the future and the past outside of the field that keeps them in the present, or they explode. And so at the end of the issue, the bad guys blow up, and she goes home to take a nap. It's a wonderful issue. Is that out this week from Dark Horse? Yeah, it's out tomorrow, I believe, or maybe last week. Depending on when you're listening listening
1: Hello Future People.
0: Right. It was out on a Wednesday. If you've never read Empowered, I will say this. There are going to be parts of it that are a little bit difficult to overcome. The first time I read it, I was like, wow, the whole tied up thing is just a little bit uncomfortable. But here it's really played in a way that makes sense. And if you can get past you know, a, a lot of the suspension of disbelief that you have to have to read a superhero comic book in the first place, I think you can get past that because the rest of the issue is so interesting the writing behind it is fascinating i really want i want there to be a monthly empowered comic um apparently the next issue is going to be a ninjet solo story which is going to be super awesome four slices of empowered meatloaf it's really really good go buy it read it it's awesome awesome i think our listeners are going to be mad at us again this
1: week why, Why? We don't have a Marvel or DC book uh, in our regular reviews, uh, Rodrigo. In fact, you've got another book from Dark Horse this week. Yep, comes out this uh, week.
2: Comes out this week. Yeah. All right. What you got? What's it God. called? I have Breath of Bones. Whoa.
0: I cast that once on a. Colin. Yes. A
2: Tale of the Golem. Tale of the Golem. Um, Golem. The Golem. Like Golem. Golem. Yes. Not. Not Smeagol Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the mythical... Trixie
0: Rodriguez. Yes. Yes. We hate them.
2: We do. We does. Precious. Um, (laughs) This is the uh, giant automaton of uh, Jewish folklore, what protects the people. Um, So this story opens up with a soldier during World War II being all like, oh, no, they're going to get us. And then you flash back to the soldier's childhood. Um, and basically he's lived his entire life in this war, you know, because mm-hmm. he was a little kid when the war started mm. and his father went off to war. Now, and... is this supposed to be in our reality? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's there's nothing that's superheroe or not rust like or anything no, like that. No, no, okay. no, no, no. This is just all straightforward. Or it, okay. or, or, it, or it appears to be. All right. Uh and most of the story is just him and his village, a, an allied uh fighter is shot down above his village, and he crashes into it. Um, the pilot survives. I'm sure that by the make of the plane, people who know things would have been able to determine what, uh, or maybe by the year, whether he's, like, American or British, um, because he does have kind of a British name, but he could be American. Um, but uh, they they don't really get into it. Um and the the kid's grandfather tells him to leave, and he's like, well, I can't leave, I'm injured, and he's like, all right, you can stay. And at the end of it, the grandfather passes on to the kid a mysterious trinket that looks like a little man made out of mud, and that's the end. I mean, it's all like... Oh, it's all just... It's pre- all exposition. Okay, all
1: right. Setting it up for the unleashing of the monster yes. upon
2: the Nazis. Which is which is interesting, because I was wondering what this story was going to be like. I read the 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 uh, blurb for the series, Mm -hmm. and it's like, the golem, ah, 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 punching Nazis. And I'm like, well, it's like, so then are the main characters in this, the Nazis who are like running, like, is this a horror movie in which the protagonists are the Nazis and they're Mm -hmm. trying to get away from the golem? Uh, Apparently not. Is it
1: uh, heavy on religion?
2: It is not. They don't touch it at all. In fact, as far as I can tell, the only way that you might even infer that these guys are even jewish is by um by the fact that they have something that probably summons or creates um a, a creature from from clay from uh folklore hmm. but yeah no they don't go into it at all um they talk about you know kind of the the advan- like how the war is advancing and how they're eventually going to be in their village but i assume that you know any christian polish person was scared to death you know the, i mean there wasn't you know, they didn't have to be jewish right right, right. if the blitzkrieg is coming yeah, i, yeah, I yeah. guess
1: yeah okay
2: so art wise art the art is excellent um it is worth it almost uh, entirely on the art and in fact the art carries it because not much happens okay and there's a lot of setup but it doesn't you don't even get to the point where the story launches forward um but the art is very good. All of the characters are very well drawn, very compelling. It has a style that is stylized without being like without having gigantic eyeballs or like weird wiggly arms or stuff like sure, that sure, that's sure. very popular nowadays. Yeah. Um I don't know what comics you're reading, but okay. You know what comics I'm reading? Mostly stuff from Dark Horse. <laughs> 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 um but yes, uh the art is very good. All in black and white, very cool, very moody. Oh, Um, black and white. Yeah. Cool. So, yes. That sounds good. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to give it three slices of meatloaf. Um, The only reason why it gets, you know, why it doesn't get any more is because not much happens this issue. It's an entire issue of exposition. All right. But other than that, clearly an above average book. Looking forward to what happens next. Great title. I mean, I love the title and I hope that they justify it and it isn't just an awesome sounding title. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: All right, thank you for that, Rodrigo. Now, over to Zach. Now, Manhattan Projects this week as well? Yes, this 12th. All right. Manhattan Projects number 12 from Image Comics.
3: Yes, Manhattan Projects number 12. So, going back to picking up old comics on Comixology, I read issue 12, and I was like, wow, really need to read issue 11, because I skipped that one. (laughs) And so if you haven't read issue 11, you should probably read issue 11 before you read issue 12, because it very much plays up on the relationship between uh, the two doctors from the projects, Enrico Fermi and Harry Dalian. Dalian. The guy at the school it's all radiation.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Russian guy. That guy.
3: Right, yeah. yeah. So they built the relationship. You see uh, Radiation Man, is what we refer to him from now on because I can't pronounce it. Or I'll, I'll just call him Harry. Uh, you see his process of becoming a scientist <laughs> into his giant uh, radiation greenness and how Enrico... Uh, befriends him and they become friends. And the issue eleven ends with uh, Harry telling Enrico, "You know, you're really gonna have to tell everyone you're an alien." And I paused and I was like, "Oh wait!" At the end of every Manhattan Project's issue, they run, they run on characters. Yes. And for over like six issues, they've been saying he is not a human, and I never it had never been addressed until now. Right. And he, you're gonna see him in his monster form in issue twelve this week, and he is f- freaking terrifying. How do you spell the other guy's
2: last name? The uh, the Russian
3: guy? D-A-G-H-L-I-A-N L-I-A-N
1: Is it one of the aliens that they massacred when they went through the portal that one time?
3: No, it is not, but that comes in in issue 12 because they go back and through and they show how he comes uh, he gets shot into Earth and they go back through his history on how he became who he was and they start showing what his mission was coming to uh, Earth, and it seems that they were trying to figure out uh if humans were dangerous, and so they flash back to that point when they go after the alien and they end up cracking right. Henry's skull and killing all of them, and they place over all the dialogue what uh Enrico is actually he's communicating all the time with his home planet mm-hmm. and seeing he's giving them information on what's happening as they're interacting from the planet, and they they deduce humans if they go out into space will try to kill everything they find and will ruin everything because uh we suck according to this human this alien race and so he turns on henry at the beginning of the book and tries to kill him because he knows he's an alien and no one else is and it's time for him to enact his objective from his planet and uh bottom line is it doesn't really work because, uh, Einstein eventually they capture him and Einstein goes all chainsaw on him. And he is no more Einstein. Yeah. The final, the fun. Yes. they capture him because there's a crap. Okay. Henry comes back. He like forms again, like kind of like Dr. Manhattan. He's like, he's like, why would you do this? You're my only friend. Uh, blah, 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 they capture him and they're trying to figure out what to do and Einstein's like, ah, I've come up with a better solution, revs up a Eh. chainsaw and the last panel is you just see blood splashing up on the Einstein's face with it saying the drone status of the alien is now offline.
0: The Dr. Manhattan thing is is kind of black humor funny because the real Harry Dalian actually died. Of a radiation of overdose. Oh yeah. A right. lot of this, a lot of right. this. Right, they're all real scientists, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's that's why I asked for his name because you said you said yeah. Fermi, and I was like, Oh, they're probably it's probably a reference, and then you said Enrico, yeah, I think and I'm all like, these guys are real Oh, Enrico yeah, Fermi. Yeah. yeah, they're they're He's real. He's a character. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, all right. they I go mean, uh, they've got Einstein,
1: they've got um Um oh. what's his name who was in charge of the project? General? Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer Fain- is in there. Feynman
3: and Feynman, yeah. Von Braun.
1: Yep, Werner Werner is a <laughs> he's got a you giant like he's him. got a he's got a randis arm really it's a yeah, really a robot arm that's bigger than than nice. the uh, than his body
3: yeah and they go back I'm, and, I'm, and they do the whole henry history in issue 11 and how the atom pretty much destroys him and right. then he becomes they like isolate him forever and then rico befriends him and allows him oh to yeah live. it's
1: got uh it's got fdr it used to be an yes. artificial intelligence uh and then uh harry truman was the head of a of a cult, the Illuminati cult running through the thing. It's it's really a good series. Nice. People haven't
3: read it. Yeah, so this, this <laughs> is a, another really good issue, strong issue, especially. I mean, it just keeps building and going. Really cool character stuff, especially. I mean, you have Einstein with a chainsaw, so that's pretty cool. Art. Yeah, that is kind of. Nice. Uh, who? Oh, I forgot. Nick Dragata Nick Patera. P- 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 oh, P- I love Patera.
1: Pitra or I forget how to say his name you're talking about the artist oh yes yeah
3: Nick Pitera yeah wonderful art again I love the coloring when they do flashbacks and stuff when they do just solid uh blues with reds to highlight certain aspects of the panel it's really good uh art I love I love this art it's wonderful Manhattan Projects got to get back on reading it hopefully you are this is a uh, four slice of meatloaf book
1: this week Image right. Comics excellent thank you so much for that that zach and listeners if you want to head over to majorspoilers.com you can find a bunch of other reviews over there as well including a couple that just went up today by matthew and some other people Hooray! and yeah, when i see. get
0: a day off i like to do reviews
1: good um let us get to the poll of the week
0: it's time for the dozens and dozens Of King Cobra fans in the audience, it's time for the major spoilers
4: for the week, 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 week,
1: week, So one of the big things, if you've been over to major spoilers this week, you know that there's a lot of gaming news. E3 going on. Where is that going on in California? Somewhere? France. France.
3: I honestly don't know. It's totally California.
1: E3, it's from France.
0: Hello, we are from Um, France. We are the E3. The,
1: uh... The big thing that everybody's been waiting for is the announcement of new game boxes, new game consoles. It's been what forever since the Xbox 360 has been around. What's yeah, that been like? Six, two uh, like thousand like six or years. five years? Two thousand six, really
3: seven. I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I think Let's I was a sophomore in high school when it came oh, out. So three years. <laughs> no, it was yesterday.
0: My name's Zach, and I try to be funny.
1: <laughs> First came out in two thousand five. Nice November. When did the PS3 come out? PS3.
0: I bought one of those.
1: I'm going to go with probably around the same time. PS3 came out in 2000.
0: Within seconds. (laughs) A year
1: year later in 2006.
0: Because I know I've pawned my PS3 five times, which means it's been at least five Christmases. (laughs) Because every year it's like the gift of the Magi at my house. It's like, what have I got?
1: Somebody gives you a PS3 game and you're like, oh. I don't Thank have you. a PS3. Yeah, Oh, that's sad. <laughs>
0: and I use it to buy combs. So
1: people have been off. waiting. It's been six, seven years on a couple of these uh, systems. When why are they going to come out wait? with new systems?
0: I don't understand why people wait. It, wait for it, what? We, we've had this discussion before. Why would you wait for a new console? Why not? Uh, like, why, why, I, are I'm you not excited for
2: a new console, you mean? Yeah, I mean, oh.
0: wh- well, what is because... a new console going to bring to the thing? Well... Well, I don't know, we used to play on- our
3: games on cartridges, <laughs> yes. so yeah. there's a big some advances.
0: I still have an N64 in my bedroom, and hey, I play the thing.
3: We have, a, we have an dance. NES in I've my basement. have in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, <mind>. God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the big news came out this week from both Microsoft and Sony. The new Xbox One and the PS4. Both are <laughs> scheduled to come out sometime, I'm guessing, did they say dates on those, Zach? Did you pay attention to any of that? They said no. next year on the preview. Oh next year, is that what they said? That's what I thought. I don't think anybody's gonna be ready probably for Christmas. Christmas. Nobody's ready for Christmas I, this year. I don't
3: know, probably.
1: Anyway, some people are angry and upset, and other people are dancing around the streets and are joyous about this whole thing. Did you have something you wanted to say about these games? Uh, I got some stuff. To, renting, to, renting the systems or about, something?
2: Well, we talked about earlier yeah, about yeah. Um, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I can't believe, uh, on I guess,
2: on the Xbox, they're not
1: going to allow you to play your old games. Right.
2: So mm-hmm. the big controversy with the... Actually, there's a handful of controversies with the Xbox One. From what I understand, they are as follows. Xbox One. Um, you cannot just hand a game to your friend without some amount of money or some other permission-type system being activated. So if Matthew has his Xbox One copy of um, SmackDown versus Raw 2015 at that point, Mm -hmm. and he wants to let me borrow it, we have to either send some money to the appropriate parties or possibly activate some kind of permission that is only activatable once, and then after that we have to pay for it. So, that's one. Two, apparently, I don't know if most games or all games can only be played. Like, the system will only work if it has online access, and it will Mm. be always online. It'll be always on, and it'll always be online. If it is not online, then it's not usable, from what I've been hearing. November, it comes out. For the Xbox Xbox One. one. For the Xbox One.
1: Uh, PS4 says fourth quarter of this year, so Christmas time. Christmas.
2: Second, or, you know, furthermore, it comes with a connect Mm -hmm. which has to be on, right? And watching you all the time. And because this thing (laughs) is online all the time and on all the time, it means that they have access. Yeah, they literally have a camera to your living room. All the time.
1: But well, there've, there've been people that have been saying that for years about you know, right. TiVo unit mm-hmm. and other things that have these weird built-in microphones that don't
3: need <laughs> but, built-in. Micro- but now microphones. it's literally true, and yeah. they're not even hiding
2: it. They're not, and <laughs> and they've even come out and said that it's like, oh, this this unit learns from like your literal actual <laughs> behavior. Oh my god, so, no! Yeah, I mean, it's, no. It's, I mean, they they've basically come out and said, yes, we are going to constantly be using data about your actual life. No no fooling around in the living room anymore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, or, any or, or or, or, more yes. to get content directed towards that. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it depends what you want out of <laughs> your uh, Mass Effect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if
2: you know what I mean. You, ne- neither
1: one, neither I mean. one of these systems is backwards compatible, so you won't be able to play any of your old games on it. Right, I
0: I don't know that the last two iterations of either of them have been. The I'm, pretty latest sure the, PS- I'm pretty sure 360, 360, yeah, the 360, is my, backwards My compatible.
2: Wii could play uh, GameCube GameCube games, but I don't know if the Wii U can. The Wii U oh, yeah, can play Wii, Wii can. games, yeah, yeah. but I don't know that it can actually go play all the cube. way back to Cube games. Hmm. When they lower the price point, point on the PS3,
0: they remove the backwards compatibility.
2: Oh, really? I think you gave him and your PS2.
1: I haven't taken that. I haven't given that yet oh, okay. to him. I'm pretty sure I gave him my cube. Okay. But, yes, I am going to give him my Xbox and my and my uh, PS2.
2: So, you know, for me, when I was uh, – so, I've had a Wii almost since the Wii came out. Never bought a PlayStation. Never bought any PlayStation. Oh, really? Had never bought um, any Xbox. Until very recently, a friend is of mine is moving, and they're like, well, I'm looking to get rid of my Xbox. And I'm like, all right, I'll buy your Xbox. I'll Xbox you. 360 or just Xbox 360? 360. Okay. And my girlfriend has an Xbox 360, and I've played it, and after all this time, I've thought to myself, you know what? The Wii is nice, but Nintendo comes out with a good game a year. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Whereas for Xbox... <laughs> it's usually a Mario Brothers yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, it's a Nintendo game, right? Right, right? Literally, the company Nintendo comes out with the only good games for the Wii. <laughs> yeah. Most good games for the Wii are available for other systems, and are usually a little better on the other systems. Right you know, better graphics or better play control because the Wii necessitates this very specific control setup. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I I literally thought to myself, you know what, I'm a Nintendo kid, I've got brand loyalty, but next generation, I'm really going to look at the next Xbox. And then when they announced this, I was like, Nope!
1: So here comes our big question of the week. Which video game system will you buy? Will you buy a PS4? Will you buy an Xbox One? Will you buy both because one of them's priced at like 499, the other one's priced at 399. The yeah. PS4 is priced $100 cheaper at 399. Uh or will you buy neither one of them?
2: You're going to be no on both? I'm going to I'm going to give a, a a good hard look at the at the PS4. Yeah. I think because I do want it's sad to say but I do want a non-Nintendo console and if I become rich between now and then, I might actually buy a Wii U because they did announce the good Nintendo games. New mm-hmm. Smash Brothers is coming out. New Mario Kart is coming out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's worth it hey, just with on that, that. With
1: that yeah. Wii U, when you take that pad, uh-huh. does that play like a like
2: the PSP? It depends on the game. So can you leave? Yes, you so can. You, could you take can take it with you on on a trip. No, I don't think so. Okay. It's still uh, it's still connected still to okay. the thing. But for example, if say some tiny, if you're playing and some tiny children show up and they're like, we want to watch Sp-
1: Spongebob. No, it's probably more
2: the other way around. Okay. The yeah. little tiny if children little, tiny are playing children are the Wii U. Playing, yes. And I'm like,
1: I want to watch some Spongebob. Yeah, exactly. Then,
2: yeah, I mean, we were looking then at the that's, Wii U That's so what that the pad allows you to do. A lot of the time in some games, not every game has pad functionality yeah, yeah.
1: and things like that. Well, we were going to get the Wii U if it allowed you to play the game on the road.
2: I don't know that it so, does. Yeah. I think that the game still comes in a disc that goes into the system. And then once you get outside of your... Of that range, I think it goes away. Yeah. But don't quote me on it. Um, well, we decided the, it was too expensive. The, the Japanese are amazing. They can figure <laughs> yes. it out, I'm sure. <laughs> they could.
1: For me, um, I really enjoyed playing the PS2, and I enjoyed playing my Xbox. There were a lot of games that I enjoyed playing on them. Halo, mm-hmm. the X-Men mm-hmm. Legends game, I think right. is what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoyed playing the heck out of the PS2 uh, games that were available. But that's before I had kids. Right. The minute that we moved to this house and had a kid... I stopped playing it, didn't have time, still don't have time. Now, we bought a Wii so that we could, uh, we were going to use the exercise uh, stuff. Right, the
2: little pet step. Yes, yes, and
1: you can see how well that worked (laughs) out. But my son loves playing the Wii because he loves playing Skylanders. Right. So I thought about when the new uh, Xbox came out that I was thinking about upgrading to that so that we had a high-def video game system, Mm -hmm. but he's still too young. Right. So right now, for me, I'm not going to buy either one wait another couple of years, wait till he's seven or eight, and then let him get a system then. So, Matthew, what about you?
0: Well, I got to tell you, I am a gamer only in the strictest sense that I am aware of games. I I, I was a hardcore gamer up until about 1986 when the arcades started disappearing. But when it comes to consoles, my PS3 I use mostly for Netflix and playing movies these days. So when I do play, I play the games that I already own, and every once in a while I get a new PS3 game. I think what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to let my PS3 croak, and if I have to choose, and I don't think I do, but I think that if and when my PS3 dies, I will be given a PS4. Ah, okay. It's something that that my wife and the widget have already been talking about. Now,
1: have they been yeah. excited? I mean, your does your wife play video They're games? They're excited about I know the your Wii kid U. does. They play Wii.
0: Yeah, Stace I like Stacey uses Wii. the Wii to uh, manage her weight loss. She's yeah, yeah, lost yeah. like 125 pounds with uh, the Wii U the monitor. Fit, the Wii there. Fitness. The Wii Fitness, yeah. Yeah, and when it comes to Xbox, I have two problems with Xbox. One, I find their controller to be extremely disconcerting. It's just counterintuitive to me. I am actually, I work better with the, the two screw flippy-dippies and the buttons and the frames and the stats on the PS3 than I have ever had with the Xbox and the Xboxes that I have experienced have all died. I have been, and a lot pars- of people have the 360
3: problems. had that problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have been party to an Xbox and two, three sixties and literally in my presence, all three of those consoles just went, <laughs> two of them were red ring of death. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's fun. I, I, I had a PS, I had a PlayStation. My PlayStation went doo 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 dooty doo and eventually up and died. So I bought a PlayStation 2 and it went dooty dooty doo doo -doo and eventually up and died. I've had this PS3 for probably four or five years now. Like I said, I've I've pawned it five times, so it's been at least five years. And it hasn't given me any trouble. And it doesn't smoke or or you know, shoot people or threaten my children or whatever, you know, the bad (laughs) games do when they go bad. But most importantly, if I'm going to support a big, dumb corporation, I'm not going to support a big, dumb corporation that is openly hateful to me. And I just, I, I, all of the Xbox information How that i How are I've they heard, openly and, hateful to you? Even secondhand seems insulting to me. Uh, yeah, we know that you guys buy used games and that you trade games oh, yeah. and that you play each other's right, games. Right. We don't want you to do that. So we're going to put all of this, you know, all of this security in, in. in I thought place you meant, I thought you meant something us. like
1: Bill Gates came out and said, Matthew, I don't care for you. Yes.
0: Well, I he, he actually, well, did. he does. His Twitter feed is all Matthew. Right? <laughs> Matthew sucks. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there is, there is, I guess, a level of protection in any and all things that you sell. And even even at Major Spoilers, the the product that we put out has a level of protection for those who work at Major Spoilers. And that makes sense for Major Spoilers as an entity to go, hey, you can't go out and, you know, I don't know, make a comic book with Torque in it. Or you can't call yourself Steven Schleicher. These sure, things sure. make perfect sense to me. But by giving me this game, this gaming system, and saying, here is how you are going to play with our games. And the only way that you will be allowed to play with our games just seems really
1: insulting to me. Do you also feel that way about digital comics? Because that's kind of the same way it is now. You
0: don't own the comic. You don't own the
1: comic. You can't open it up in any other reader except for the proprietary reader. And if that publisher goes – or if the um, reader company goes away, so do your titles.
0: Yeah, I do. And I I, I believe we've had this discussion of I am not comfortable with digital comics as a quote-unquote collection. I'm still – there are many books that I read digitally that I still buy at Gatekeeper Hobbies and stick in a bag and put in my collection. Because, well, first of all, if you put them in a bag and they've never been read, they're near mint in theory. But secondly, it's – well, let's put it this way. If you're Roger Ebert, you know, rest in peace, Roger. But if you're Roger Ebert and you go and you watch these movies and you go blah, blah 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 these are the movies I love and I'm a movie guy and my life is about reviewing and watching and living for movies, right? That doesn't mean you don't go home and watch a big dumb game show every once in a while. But that's not part of your hobby. Even though it's technically the same thing, it's images, you know, in in the little box instead of the big screen, but to me digital comics are a different medium. Same product, same actual thing you're reading, but the same thing is true of my PS3. I don't necessarily go and buy down downloadable content and trade and play online. First of all, I get well, tired. Well, but that, that
1: also, you know, this whole thing pretty much destroys the rental market of games too.
0: Yeah, the rental market, the secondary market of like your GameStops and your games. Yeah, game exactly. Support, mm-hmm. All of that is being affected. And I feel like as a comic guy, you know, in That's, an equivalent field, this is like saying this is like Marvel saying you can't sell your back issues. Yeah, Stephen, when you buy Legends of the Dark Knight next week at Gatekeeper Hobbies, this is going to be keyed to your identity. I, and if I you try have to every sell issue, it, so
1: I don't need to do anything.
0: But if you every, try to resell them, why would if you I try to, to resell give them, them to Young Zach? <laughs> if you tried to give them to Young Zach to read, Young Zach won't be able to read them. They yeah. will encode themselves. I, I guess
1: I didn't really think about the rental market in this because...
2: Oh, not just the rental I'm not market, gonna, but, I, I mean, GameStop, I, I, yeah. like, stores like GameStop, and here's, here's, a, here's the thing that really gets me about it is, stores like GameStop are huge hubs for those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have bought a lot of, like... The games that made me think to myself, you know what, I do want to buy the next generation of Xbox before they came out with this. Mm -hmm. I bought used at a GameStop. Right, right. They are essentially throwing a gigantic digital middle finger at stores like that saying, "Yep, we're trying our best to get you, our loyal vendors, out of the equation. Yeah. Mm, Not... And, and and only but, because like clearly there's still hardware limitations to where they're mm. still going to be selling discs, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they still need those stores, but they're saying, oh yeah, screw you! You only get to sell this once. Yeah,
1: well, right. and I mean, I, look at look at record stores. I mean, what is it, the CD now or whatever? The right. the stores that say that they'll buy your old CDs? Those are pretty much gone out. I mean, think this is kind of a even though it is a big middle finger to the brick and mortars. Whether you're talking about digital comics or or video games,
2: this is an evolution of business.
1: That, I think to that a, to a point, it's I an think, evolution of business.
2: I think that would only be the case if technology was to the point where you could completely and easily yeah. buy the game. And digitally. I think that we're. I mean, you look and see
1: what companies like uh, Steam have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're going to probably move to that now. Certainly. When you're looking at games that have these super graphic content, right. like the Halos right. and the Dogs of War and all that stuff, some of that stuff you're going to have to buffer on some kind of a hard system right to get oh. off, but uh, hmm, I don't know. We, we've we kind of talked over Zach here. That's Zach, okay. what, what are you going to do? You're, gonna, you're You're fresh out of school. Yeah. You got a job. You're not married. No nope. kids. No mortgage. Nope. You're going to buy both of these, aren't you? I'm not going to buy a single one of them. Why not?
3: Well, I didn't buy... Uh, an Xbox 360 because my friends had them and I didn't want to spend the money. And even if most of my friends don't have a 360 now, uh, I just don't want to spend my money on that. I have no desire. I haven't. I, I rarely play uh, a console video game now, even though there's like three Xboxes in my house, 360s. <laughs> uh, I don't. I rarely play them. Uh, so, and I was <laughs> I'd never considered a PlayStation because I've just never enjoyed a PlayStation before. Mm. So, I literally, they could have done anything. They could have put, like, you if you buy this, you get a dinosaur. Yeah, I yeah. probably wouldn't have bought it. I might have bought it for a dinosaur, but I would just would have thrown the Xbox away.
1: I I guess the games that are on Xbox and PlayStation right now are pretty, I mean, to me, are more adult-oriented games, older people games, and that's not yeah. the stuff that my kids gonna you know, play. Right,
0: right, right. You know, adult-oriented. By
1: the time he's, what I feel comfortable, 10, 11, 12, to play some of those games, maybe even more, if depending on the title. I'm gonna to be too old to play with him, so we might as well just get, we might as well just get a Wii U to Dude, just. You're already yeah. too old. Well, oh, I, well, and I sit down and, with Rodrigo and try to play games, and I'm just like, Psh, I don't know what the hell's.
2: Well, going and on. and there's where's I mean, bowling by the time <laughs> by the time your child is twelve, there's going I will to be, be sixty-five. Well, forget that. Oh. Um, 65 will be the new thirty. Oh, great. Um, yeah. with technological advances, <laughs> and I will and, be thirty right? and uh, thin diapers. Right. What I'm yeah. what I'm getting at is. Yeah, there'll huh. be another console. There'll be at mm-hmm. least two more iterations, if not more, between yeah, yeah. now and then. Especially so. for
3: Microsoft, because I feel like this is going to tank hard. Because even the friends I've talked to who have like been Xbox for since the Xbox and just dished on PlayStation their entire lives, like, if I'm getting a console,
2: it's going to be a PlayStation because this Xbox is a bunch of bullcrap. What about right. just
1: moving to a PC system?
2: I think that's... I've, I've seen some stuff around some people that I follow on Twitter and or uh, Tumblr, mm-hmm. and they're just like, welp, I'm getting a gaming PC, because yeah. neither one of these mm-hmm. looks like a good choice.
1: Matthew, how does the rest of the Major Spoilers Nation uh, sit on this whole video game thing? Matthew?
2: Matthew? Oh, no, Microsoft's on to Matthew. (laughs) They got him. Ah. Well, I don't know
1: where Matthew's at. Maybe he had tummy troubles and had to go run off to the bathrooms. That sometimes happens. Yes. Um,
2: To each and every one of us.
1: Yes. And that means we're going to take a break here in just a second. So let's look and see how the rest of the major spoilers nation voted. This week we have 151 people voting on this poll. For the PS4, 52% of our listeners, or the people who have responded, have said they're going to pick up PS4. I'm going to bet that this uh, poll, it's up for a week. I bet it grows over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. 52% said they want a PS4. Only 7% said they wanted an Xbox One. 2% said they're going to get both. And 39%, a whopping 39%, I think I spelled neither wrong, uh, said that they're not going to get either No, one. you spelled it right. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, some of the comments uh, that people have uh, made about this uh, Somebody posted a huge thing. You're gonna, Listeners, you're going to have to head over to Major Spoilers and read this uh, long thing. PS4 says, uh, Zaxel Brax, Benton Gray says, Looking at these results, I'm actually proud of the internet for once after the ridiculously draconian measures that Microsoft has announced for used games with the new Xbox. I'm glad to see their platform is trailing so markedly. Everyone says the move to the always-rent, never-own model is digitally, of digital property is inevitable, but it won't be if people refuse to buy products that they can't own. Uh, Mela says, I would happily buy a PS4 if I had some spare change. Rob, uh, Rasmussen, our own, uh, Rob says, I think I'm going to go with a PC wagon here on out. Uh, he says, I know I'm going to get a Wii U, uh, once one of two games comes out or so. Uh, I'm not a gamer, says Cat Halo, so I won't be buying either. Russ Cat says, uh, say it with me, Kingdom Hearts 3. I'll buy a PS4 the day that it comes out. And the list goes on and on and on. Listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote in the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. And when we come back, we will be talking about the the Master of Kung Fu,
5: the Hands of Shang-Chi. Stick around. Greetings and salutations, Major Spoilers. Cat Halo back again. I've had a pretty cool week of nerdery, actually. I read a cool book, watched a few old favorites, and saw a new classic, even if it is remembered as a classic for all the wrong reasons. Firstly, the new movie. After Earth. My review is up on Majorspoilers.com, but I'll give you a quick rundown here. This is a pretty bad movie. It is devoid of joy and fun. The performances are both wooden and unengaging. It's Will and Jaden stiff, really. The blame for all of this can be laid primarily at the feet of one man, the writer, director, M. Night Shame about your last movie. Between The Sixth Sense and The Village, those five years marked his best period. However, things have been going progressively worse since then, and this might well be his worst movie yet. There is an interesting story in there somewhere, but it has been well and truly Shyamalan since then. Stiff performances, dumb dialogue, and face-palmingly bad moments abound. This is a bad movie. On the other hand, Justice League Doom is a fun movie. I remember reading Wade's Tower of Babel run back in the day, and this is a pretty good adaptation. The voice acting is solid, the action is well done. It's not necessarily DC's best animated movie, but it is definitely worth a look. I also watched the brilliantly tacky and terribly dated Time Cop, and I'd forgotten it's based on a Dark Horse book. I've never read the book, I'll probably never read the book, but the movie is guilty fun. I also watched Evolution, which has no comic book connections, but it is brilliant. It's Ghostbusters meets Aliens, it's funny, with a charming cast and some effective effects. In preparation for Friday's Man of Steel release, I read All-Star Superman, and I really liked it. Now, I am a Morrison fan, and I've always liked his take on Superman, but this is a good book, helped by Quitely's art, which is really sweet. Admittedly, I didn't much care for the two bizarro issues. But the rest is well worth a read. I also noticed that one of Jorel's lines towards the end of the book is used in Man of Steel. The whole give humans an ideal to strive towards and they'll stumble, fall, etc. And I wonder if there's going to be more inspiration culled from this book. Could Zod have some of the replacement Superman stories in him? You never know. And that's pretty much it for me. Uh, the next time I speak to you, I'll have seen Man of Steel, and hopefully you will too. I intend to have my review up on Saturday morning, so don't forget to check the site for that. Also, check out Major Spoilers forums, be it for movies or comics or general jibber jabber with like-minded souls. And if after, after all that time you have the time, check out at Cat Halo Movies on the Twitter and Cat Halo Movies on Facebook, because I'm there. And I'll leave it there. Thanks, guys. Have a great week and enjoy Man of
1: Steel. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for uh, for Matthew, you coming back.
0: Hi. We My missed name you. Matthew. Yeah. Well, uh, power power is a thing.
1: Yeah, I guess power is a thing. Remember, listeners, if you want to share your thoughts or comments or you want to contribute to the Major Spoilers podcast, or if you know where Matthew's keys are, all you need to do is call the Major Spoilers Hotline. Matthew, that number is
0: 785 727 1939. The Major Spoilers probably look in the back seat because that's where they seem to end up. Hotline. I really should spend less time in the back seat of. Some Never mind.
1: All right. If you uh, listeners want to go out and buy a uh, something, maybe you're wanting to buy a new Xbox game or maybe you want to I pre-order that, that PS4, click on that Amazon link over at Majorspoilers.com. Every little purchase that you make through that link helps us out a little bit, helps us keep going and do more and great things and even gets us close to our funding goal through that. A lot of people are buying things through that link over at Majorspoilers.com. And we really thank everyone who buys stuff through Amazon.com. Also want to give a shout out to our friends at shout tweakedaudio.com. Out. Every week, it seems like every couple of days, I'm getting a, an email from Tweaked Audio saying, hey, somebody bought another pair of headphones. Here you go. And it's like, great. And why are people buying so many headphones? To because listen to, to listen to podcast. this podcast and crisp clear mono. Yes. People are buying because they want style, Rodrigo. They're tired of the little piece of crap
2: like white... White hangy. earbud
1: things that you get with your, your iPod or your Apple device. or right. I don't know what comes with Zoom these days, but I bet you they suck as well. Does nothing, anything
3: come with a Zoom? Nothing comes with Zoom because they don't sell those anymore.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, whatever your mp Matthew, what's your MP3 player that you use right now?
0: Uh, Whatever's preloaded in the Motorola Razr X. I think it's uh, some sort of Google Oh, thing. Well, so
1: you've got a Motorola Razr. Guess what? You can get a pair of th- headphones from com, and you can get them with yeah. a built-in pair, uh, a microphone built-in. So I'm sitting at my nice. desk, listening to my iPhone, listening to the latest podcast that I that I listen to, listening maybe to some music, the History of Future Folk Volume 1, <laughs> yeah. or just Future Folk Volume 1, and someone calls, all I need to do is just do a little swipe, and as the headphones are still on or the earbuds are still in, and I just say, hello, what do you want? Actually, I go,
2: hello, <laughs> who is this? Hello, this is Steven. i have it freaks them out mom. and we
1: move on with the conversation, but... Listen, these Tweaked Audio headphones that I have, they are fantastic. They're the mm-hmm. only pair of headphones that I want to take on trips because they got noise canceling properties in them. They've got um they fit nicely in my ear. They sound great. They're
2: optimized for
1: cool audio sounds.
2: Here's here's an endorsement for you. Okay. Um, I have started using the my Tweaked Audio headphones at work. Like when I go out on shoots, I bring those headphones oh, yeah, yeah. because they're not giant and bulky. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but also the noise cancellation is nice because I'm I'm shooting out like li- sometimes literally outside outdoor yeah. outdoors and there will be hear the chicken yeah there will be some animal in the background that I don't want to hear mm-hmm. and so let's you, you know, focus on the audio that's been does, captured it by it does, your microphone absolutely because the important thing is the audio that's coming into the microphone and sometimes there are times where I'm like oh there's this thing going on and then when I Focus on the audio from the headphones. I can tell that it's not being picked up from yeah, the light on. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So many different styles, so many different colors to choose from. TweakedAudio.com. When you use the checkout code MAJOR, you get 30% off your price. Compatible with iPods, iPhones, Android devices, all MP3 players, and most other phones. Check them out at TweakedAudio.com. Okay, this week we dive back into the 70s once more. And we check out the, the hands oh, okay. of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu.
0: Shang-Fu, Master of Tai Chi. He's good.
1: He's not Master of Tai Chi. He's Master of Kung Fu. Fu.
0: Master of Tai Chi. No,
1: that's not what we're reviewing this week. That's not what I oh, read. I read, and I
0: read 12 issues of the wrong thing. I
1: read some pretty cool comics from the 70s with Marvel. Nice. Now, I got to say, yes. I got a kick out of reading this stuff. Literally. And Literally, because and it's really cool because we're actually reading two different creators uh in this in this uh, in this set yep. uh, the first group was what inglehart and inglehart um, and Starlin yes, which I thought was just fantastic, and then we get into Doug Munch and um a couple other artists in the in the
0: second uh set of the books there was there was some herb Trimpy in there if i'm not mistaken,
1: but the cool thing i mean it's just i mean if you want some If you are a fan of those kind of 70s kung fu movies, Uh this has that stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Here you've got Shang-Chi who's been raised half American, half Chinese, raised in the Hunan uh, stronghold of the evil Fu Manchu. Right. Taught all his life that his father was the greatest thing in the world and that everyone else was evil. And finally, one day he sends his son out to go assassinate one of his long term rivals. And when he's there, he discovers the truth. That right. his father is actually evil, and everyone else is actually pretty okay. <laughs> um, it, everyone it, else it, is, is I, except for uh, except for the Oliver Queen X Man in the uh, in the wheelchair. <laughs> Shh.
0: It's not Oliver Queen. That's Sir Dennis Nayland Smith.
1: He's got the the goatee of mm-hmm. the uh, Dark Knight Returns.
2: Uh, uh, Green Green Arrow. We should we should double check though. When did uh, when did Green Arrow get his goatee? Has he? Because he hasn't always had it. Die. He used to be super. Clean-shaven.
0: 1969. Oh, he so, so he, would have been, he would have had it before. Yeah. 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 Hey, Stephen. Yes. Ask me. Go ahead, ask me how this all started out.
1: No, no, no. I'm telling you, what What started out?
0: <laughs> no, I mean, there was why, a... There was why a, is Sir Dennis Nalen Smith in this book?
1: Oh, because that's from a previous series where they used to go and hunt uh, Fu Manchu in uh, in another series, right? No. Okay.
0: What is it? Master of Kung Fu is one of Marvel's adaptations of the 1970s, and, and they actually had the rights to two different things. They had the uh, Sax Romer novels, the Fu Manchu novels. Oh, right, right, right,
1: because it's referenced there in
0: the first pages. Which were not themselves adapted, and the rights to uh, Chang Kui, Kain, uh, Kui Chang Kane's Kung Fu show. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? Let's just stick these together and make our own thing. Well, they did it right, I gotta say. And then change all yeah. the names when we lose the rights. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> His name is now Mu Fenchu. Which is entirely different. But uh, this is one of those weird moments where it they like they did with Transformers and G.I. Joe and all the other things, they put it smack in the middle of the Marvel universe. Yeah. And they this is literally something that they didn't own all the stuff. So Dennis Nalen Smith is actually from the Fu Manchu novels. Mm which is awesome
1: yeah and he's he's tasked himself and his team to go hunt down and destroy Fu Manchu Mm -hmm. and along the way throughout a bunch of these series of adventures um he and uh Shang-Chi meet up and they join forces and sometimes do some other things right but throughout these 12 issues we get to see Shang-Chi fight robots right this time disguised as uh armored uh
2: Oh knights, yeah. Medieval, Lights, medieval yeah, knights. Suits of armor. And, he gets to fight
1: get, ninjas and samurai yeah. and crocodiles Crocodiles and punches out a shark. Yeah and the and man thing. He gets to fight Nazis in South yeah, America. The man, thing. And the man thing. I want to come back to you said that they <laughs> drop everything right into the Marvel universe, because I want to come back yep. around to that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let's put a pin in it.
2: Um in. it'll just sink like,
1: right like, in the man It's the man thing. And <laughs> <laughs> This reads like a 70s slash 80s TV series in that, and what's really nice is pretty much every issue is self-contained, Right, right. but the next issue picks right up where the last story left off.
2: Here's here's what I think uh, Master of Kung Fu would have been like as a pitch in the 70s. It would have been like, hey guys, you know all those costumes from all those like... Like, um, laugh type shows and you know, history reenactments, and like the whole thing from Ben Hur that we just inherited. Let's have a guy go through and punch all those guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. all, since we already have the costumes, let's yeah, just right. have a guy <laughs> who isn't like, Oh no, today it's whoosh, Nazis. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, the Nazi yes. stuff got a little, little crazy. The first issue now, Matthew, this came out as a this is issue 15. But this yes. is the really the first of the Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu books. Right, but is, Shang-Chi appeared before in another. the What is it? giant size quarterlies or something.
0: This is the, the issue 15 of Special Marvel Edition is the first appearance of Shang-Fu, Master of Tai Chi. <laughs> All right. right. So it's issue 15 of a series that was an anthology. And. Shang Chi first appears in that issue where we see him kill uh, Doctor Framistat. Right, 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 and then he actually ends up crossing over into the Marvel black and white lines and all over the place. But yeah, issue fifteen is the first appearance. Awesome, awesome. Um, <laughs> Marvel liked to reprint things in the seventies. Well, but
1: here's the thing: this uh, this issue, issue fifteen, mm-hmm. came out in 1973. You know what else also came out in
2: 1973? What? The Maghreb? <laughs> <laughs> Enter the Dragon? It's back!
1: Enter the Dragon came out in 1973. And by the time you get into the later books, especially I think the last three issues that we read, oh my gosh, it's like they're tracing Bruce Lee sure. in, mm-hmm. the, in the pages.
0: Yeah. Um, Paul Galassi especially did that.
1: Yeah, I think that's who the artist was in those in those other books. But there are some cool moments, like in this very first issue, where they're doing this kind of an interesting cut back and forth by using the panels where you just get a little sliver yeah. of Fu Manchu yeah. and you cut back to the fight and then the sliver gets bigger and then you cut back and the sliver gets bigger and it just, I'm trying to turn my digital. uh <laughs> It just keeps working and working and working until it's revealed who this is. This is really good. I mean, I enjoyed it now. Yeah. I don't know what your, your take is on this series. My right, take? You go. Yes, your take.
2: Um, I did enjoy it i think that again it suffers from that wordiness that we've talked about before yes, but i didn't think it was as wordy. no no no, no. this wasn't as wordy as it's, last week's it, weirdly for me it ends up right about at the same place maybe a little lower than the than power man and iron fist uh comedy hour because because of that because there's a good deal of humor in power man and iron fist mm-hmm. um and here, there's, there's almost none. Philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Here, it's like I mean, this is this is angsty. It's yeah, the yeah. 70s, so it's like I am so upset about this. And you hear, yeah, 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 but yeah. you know, there's no like, <laughs> there's no like lightning, thunder, clap, or anything like that. It's just like the the angst is, is you're still seeing it through like leopard print, right? right but right.
0: Um, speaking of which, he punches a leopard. <laughs> yeah, because
2: <laughs> why not? Right? Uh, exactly. I did, you, got, you just got to assume that a lot of the times the artists were getting these scripts and they were like, why not? <laughs>
0: yeah. Now he punches a snake.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my my take on this is it's a comic from the 70s. Right. But once you get over the little artifacts of it being a comic from the 70s, it's very enjoyable. And there's something... There's a lot of good storytelling in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really... Really like the arc with Sir Wayland? Is that his name? What was the name? Sir Wayland, Smith. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, The one where they go
1: to South America and fight Nazis.
2: uh, Slightly before. uh, Well, yeah. I mean, that whole arc. You can walk, man. You can walk. It's all inside your head, man. Because here is the thing: is they start out. It's like it's it's not just that they start out as enemies and become friends. It's like. When they meet, he murders his friend. Right, yes. right, and then it's like I'm going to get revenge on Fu Manchu and Shang Chi and Shang Chi, and then he meets him, and Shang Chi is like, "No, it's okay, because I'm not working for my father anymore." And He's like, "You still kill my friend?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a it's a good it's a good tens arc, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. And at the end of it, they're like, "All right, well, let's agree to not murder each other on yeah, site. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. and then it grows yeah. from there, right? right, right it's right, not right. just like, "Oh, yes, let us shake hands and we are friends now." Right, right.
1: You know, there was once st- okay. So, Zach, what, what were your thoughts on this? Did you have a better impression over last week, or did yeah. you still hate this?
2: No, I enjoyed
3: this more than Power Man last week, uh, especially like the first like five or six issues. I really enjoyed, and maybe. I think I took part of Rodrigo's suggestion of, like, if there's a fight scene and there's, like, word balloons, is like, just don't read no, them. You don't, and yeah, that, yeah, I yeah. think I did that a lot more than I did last week, which made uh, the reading faster and, I think, more enjoyable as a whole. But I kind of just like the... Also. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was good stuff.
1: And as the series goes on, and again, once you tra- change the creative team, some of the... Uh, this is... And this is the part that I... I wanted us to look at is the change of the teams
4: mm-hmm.
1: once you get into the second creative team, things get even wackier I mean here's a guy that has the uh the the maces on the side of his head right, and mm-hmm. then you've got the weird machinery floating around you've got razor arms or whatever his name is but that see, the, the thing about that
2: is that that is so <laughs> Chinese yeah B-movie to an extent yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. i mean. If you've ever seen Master of the Flying Guillotine... Yes, I, have. I mean, that yeah. stuff is yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Right. So ridiculous. But you
1: look at the first arc... Right, right. And everything's pretty, pretty tame. Right, right. Because mm-hmm.
2: the uh, first arc is Enter the Dragon. Right, right, right. The second arc is Master the of the crystal, Flying Guillotine. crystal connection. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, there was one thing that, you know, we're trying to show how evil um, Fu, Fu Manchu. Manchu is. And, of course, Shang-Chi is foiling his plots again and again. There is one part that I thought would have been really interesting in hindsight. Who is the masked guy? The African. Midnight. Ke- Midnight. Um, we never see his face in this from a baby to right. an adult. We never see his face because he's been awesome. told that he's, uh, he's terrifying to look at. Something happened to him. He's terrifying to look at. So from the moment Shang-Chi meets him, and even in, when we as an audience see him as a baby, he's always wearing this hood. We never see his face. I thought it would have been brilliant at the end. For the mask to fall away, and he just and looks he's just normal, like perfectly normal. And right? that's, and that's, Fu that's, how, and that's is, how evil yeah. Fu Manchu is—is is just to twist this person's mind to think that he's hideous. Yep. But they didn't. And that that. would have cool. been interesting. That'd yeah. be cool. Matthew, what do you think and, of this? What would you think? You've been reading this stuff since the beginning. That's how we got <laughs> a lot of these issues.
0: Uh, Master of Kung Fu actually is uh, a book that I started reading right about the time I started reading comics because it ended in 1982. So I have always had a just kind of a soft spot in my heart for the adventures of, of Shang Fu, master of Tai Chi. I like to say it because it sounds so stupid. But the best part about this is even knowing and loving what I know and love about this, there are points where even I was reading this and going, Okay, we can we can move on. <laughs> like I I love the fact that Midnight is a martial artist in a body stocking, a mask, a fedora, <laughs> and a cape. That is such a gorgeous nineteen seventy three image for me. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like the nineteen seventy three version of the Phantom Stranger. Right. It may be why I love those kind of hats. I don't know, but throughout this, I was like, "Okay, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. This is good stuff." Blackjack Tar is a racist. This is good stuff. But and, and you'd get to a point where you'd be just like, "Why is Shang Chi painted bright orange?" Yeah. Oh yes, because mm-hmm. because he's supposed to be the the Asian person. And you know, it it comes down to a point where these books are a little easier for me to separate what I love. You can actually go, yes. I love this, and I don't have to explain near as much, but it seems like the embarrassing stuff, while fewer and further between, is a, feels a little bit more disruptive and slightly racist than we got in the Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's – they do a lot more of the racism with uh, – Well, calling Fu him.
0: Manchu is like the original no. yes, gero, yes, Yellow yes, Peril yes, series. But
1: I mean, even if you go back to the first issue when – maybe it's the second issue. When Chang Chi – well, Shane. Yeah, when he's out and about, finally in New York, and people mm-hmm. are calling it, you know, these the, fighting the uh, thugs in the park, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're calling him Slanny Eye and all these other things, and Chinaman. So right. and yeah, and I'm just like, eee, that, you know, mm. right? Yeah, and you know, my wife is Asian, and so we can joke around sometimes between the two of us about sure, stuff, sure, sure, right. but, right. and I think for the most part, the language that they use in here is fairly tame compared to going way out there where right, they could have right, gone, they could, right what they could have used and the language that they could have All used that so offensive stuff well even more offensive stuff than this so yes while oh. this stuff is not appropriate in today's pc standards if you go back and watch movies from the 70s they're using this stuff right in mm-hmm. in, in in what the bad guys are saying you know the bad guys are the mm-hmm. ones that use this language. That's how you know right. they're bad guys, right? So and
0: by it, by being bad, they are also racist, and by being racist, it proves they are bad, right? And right. so then it mm-hmm.
1: justifies an, an ass kicking. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was, I'm still okay with that kind of stuff, providing that it's not way over the top and not used just every other every other time, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay, so let let me ask you guys this.
0: Yes, he does need to put on some damn shoes.
1: <laughs> Walking around in New York
2: like that, you'd think on that yeah, hot, man, hot these asphalt. Why wouldn't 70s, you wear shoes? There's just gotta be needles everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like discarded, <laughs> discarded
1: syringes. So, how popular was this series? From what I read, this was a pretty popular series, Matthew.
0: Yeah, at one point, this was. I don't know if it was like Marvel's super, super top seller. But at one point, this was highly heavy duty stuff to the point where it was coming out more than once a month. He was oh, crossing really? over with the Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, okay, well
1: course- so, OK, here's the thing. You say this is dropped in the middle of Marvel Universe. And I know mm-hmm. I did see some of the other books. Uh, you can find them on Amazon. Amazon.com. Use the link over at Major Spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these are, yes, uh, Shang-Chi and the Amazing Spider, or just Spider-Man. And I forget who else he, he did some stuff with. But the only Marvel character that we see in this book is the man thing, which I was really surprised. I was just waiting yeah. for an X-Men or a Spider-Man right. or something, especially when he's in New York, a rampaging there weren't any
0: Hulk. X-Men in 1973. Well, right.
1: I'm waiting for the rampaging Hulk to come through. That would work. I mean, just, you know, I was really surprised we didn't see more of the time period. Fantastic four, something coming right, up. Right. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And I like that, to be honest. I really yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah.
3: It was better.
1: But then when the man thing did show up, I was like, Oh
3: well, and I and it's that fantastic. story
1: worked, but uh, but I was really surprised that it was Man Thing and not what was the book you got in this week, Satan or whoever, Son of the Devil, Son of Satan, Son of Satan. Yeah, uh, Son of that,
0: Satan would have been a little later than this. But would you rather like wait? Fact, would you rather it have been Son of Satan? No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. I'm just because you know, I kind of would, would have struck. rather it be Son of Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know,
1: no, I'm just I'm just really surprised that as popular as I read on this book that. You didn't have mm-hmm. Spider-Man pop in and say, "Hey there, friendly friend. Yeah. Can right. I help you out as you fight some Nazis?
0: You know, or whatever." It was. It was mostly in its own corner. You'd see him. Well, at at one point, Shang had two books. Remember, he had this book, the Hangs of the hands of Shang Chi, master of kung fu. <coughs> Sorry, I choked on it. And he was also in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it he would cross over hands. with. With White Tiger and Iron Fist and the Daughters of the Dragon that you loved last week. Yeah, we didn't even see Iron Fist in this. Yeah, all of, all of the Kung Fu choppy, choppy types kind of coexisted in the Lower East Side of Manhattan and had their own little Kung Fu universe. And because of the martial arts craze, those books would really sell. The Kung fu of the kung fuverse yes, yes. but kung that's verse. i mean that's where a lot of your Luke cage characters come from you remember bob diamond last week yeah the guy who looked like green arrow yes he is one of the sons of the tiger who was a a close friend of iron fist and interacted regularly with shang chi in the kung fuverse i see
2: right right and the good Earth thing about up. the good thing about that section of the marvel universe is that they, it could like seamlessly you could get a punisher in there Without too many yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right.
1: Daredevil. Right. Yeah. Punisher. Yeah, that's what i surprised. Uh, I was really, of, of all the Marvel characters. the most characters, powerful
0: guy you'd see over there would be like Jack of Hearts. Okay. Right.
1: Of all the Marvel characters that I expected to show up in this book, it was going to be one of two. It was either going to be Spider-Man right. or it was going to be Daredevil. Right, <laughs> that's who I thought would show up in this book, but they didn't, and I'm Bared okay with it. Wasn't
0: San Francisco in 1973? Was he? Okay, well that explains it. Ah, uh, you
2: know, it. you know, people. Well,
0: but now they would
1: throw explains. that out in a second. But you know, uh, that's true. Chang Chi does become an international man of mystery because he does fly to France and Florida. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he flies and he's traveling all over. I've never South seen a palm tree
2: before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cur- like chopping at it. Oh yeah. I, tree. I attacked How, the tree. Yes. How dare you not have branches that I can recognize okay. as such. Yeah. <laughs> what are some things that you really
1: enjoyed out of this series, Zach?
2: I think I, I think I I really did
3: enjoy that I didn't cross over because I always felt I feel like crossovers sometimes are just not necessary and forced. May, yeah, way forced. Uh so I did enjoy that. Uh I enjoyed that I kinda like this I don't know if you like the story of him and his dad because I mean it played well when I read the old issues I know like this is going to be a one kind of almost like a one shot in a series continually for the next 20 issues with a weird back plot that will guide everything and I actually yeah. liked that back plot of him trying to overcome what he's, his father has taught him his entire life and trying to uh, make up for the horrible crap that he now believes. So I thought yeah. as the backworking plot for these issues was, was really nice.
1: How hard are these issues to come by, Matthew? I mean, you got these for us, so how hard are these issues to come by?
0: These are the hard ones.
1: I mean, I'm uh, reading I'm reading some stuff here on Amazon using our Amazon.com link, and I'm seeing stuff. I'm seeing issue 24, which was, I think, just out of the range of what we were reading here. Um, no, we
0: got up to 26, didn't we? Oh,
1: yeah, I'm sorry, because I keep thinking... Issue 15 like, is number one, and yeah, it's actually yeah. issue 15. So, right. yeah, yeah, we, we did get into this. But, you know, I'm looking at seven bucks for some of this. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, and again, you have to take into account two things. One is condition, right, which does have a big effect in what you're looking at. And secondly, when you talk about pricing, it's generally average pricing. Right. I have a special Marvel edition number 15 in the store right now and special marvel edition number 15 there's three sectors of my back issues there's the back issues what we call the gen pop there's the the 75 cent bin it it recently went up it's a two for i think it's 3 for $2 now the 75 cent bin which is just where all the schmucks go and then we have what we call emerald city which is where the expensive books go special marvel edition number 15 is like a 80 80- an eighty dollar book, I think. But it's in super good condition. Oh yeah, it's an, an eighty book. Better than the stuff that sure. we're reading here. Well, shush. Okay. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, it, it's an eighty dollar book in really, really good condition. It's considered a key bronze age issue. Okay. But when you get into like twenties and thirties, these stories are not necessarily remembered as as awesome as they are. So yeah, they're six or seven dollar books in your average walking around, you know, walk into a used bookstore condition.
1: Here's one on, yeah, here's right. one on here's one on Amazon of number fifteen. Ninety bucks for it. You can get it now. Doesn't say what let me see what condition this is in.
0: Uh that's gonna be really good condition. Well this is from bucks.
1: a third party person, so it doesn't list the condition.
0: Ninety bucks? It better yeah. be dollars Eighty
1: eighty nine ninety nine. It does not
0: look to be slabbed. Then you're getting hosed, do not buy it. But it's a good issue. <laughs> it's it's what issue?
1: The number fifteen. Fifteen? 15? Yeah. Or as I'm calling it, issue number one,
0: well, 1973. 15 is you know, this is the 70s. You see, fifteen can be one. Fifteen can be anything uh, you want. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, Spider-Man's number one was number fifteen. Oh. oh,
2: maybe Marvel needs to relaunch all their titles instead of 15. number ones with. That's it. right. Number 15. <laughs> number
0: fifteen month. Well, yeah.
2: maybe What's, maybe Marvel should have. And I, actually, that's not because they do they do have a showcase every one they bring yeah, back yeah. every once in a while. I to like to showcase editions.
1: I don't know why they haven't done a showcase edition of this series.
0: I no, wish what, they would
2: what I what I meant was like the anthology books, like oh, like, yeah, yeah. W- like what Dark Horse presents, basically. Yeah, Marvel, yeah, yeah, right now. Marvel Comics presents. Yeah, Marvel Comics have... presents. What
0: That's what
1: don't you like about this
2: series, Rodrigo? Uh, what don't I like about yeah, it? Yeah, or about the. I thought you know. Again, the the racial issues are there, and they are not like, oh, we're going to address this racial issue. They're just kind of floating around, largely unresolved. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't realize this. I was a little disappointed finding out that Shang-Chi is half-American. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, cool, a show about a Chinese guy. And it's like, well, he's half-American. And that, to me, I mean, obviously, you need an in, I think, as an American to be like, why do I care about these, this guy? It's like, oh, he's right. half-American. All right, right, I'm in. right. And that's understandable. Um, doesn't ruin anything for me. I was just like, oh, well, could have been just about a Chinese guy. I would have liked that better. But, mm-hmm. um, I don't always, I didn't always like the art. Oh, I, I like the design of it a lot. Um, I thought there were times, and I don't remember which, uh, artist it was that I was looking at uh, at the time, and I don't actually have the issues in front of me it's probably um, Galasi there were times when i it literally looked like I was looking at action figures yeah, yeah, yeah. like mm. yeah there were just, just yes, throw your there were, yeah exactly out there, there oh, were yeah. just so much like elbow and wrist and knee yeah, 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 yeah. to the characters who were fighting right. that it really really looked like highly posable action figures fighting there there was one there was just something that was like stiff and unnatural about them sometimes and I'm, I'm talking about just one specific artist and i don't yeah. remember which one it was
3: i think because i remember it being like that in like one like a two-page sequence of it like him flowing through a fight and it's like he's all like uh uh just elbows and just like right, right. everything. it's like, just like, like elbows it's like oh there was like a shang chi action figure and he's just like Making it do things, and yeah. it's like he's just playing. One afternoon, he's like, oh, I should just draw
2: this. And, and, and honestly, I mean, it could have been because you know you yeah. have those models, those like wooden models yeah. of the body. That's exactly that you what can, it looked like. like. Posts, yeah, so mm-hmm. it could have been yeah. exactly what he was doing.
1: Matthew, what didn't you like about this? I mean, I agree with you because there are a couple times, especially, and again, it's in the second arc after yeah, my I think so. out, second where arc, where it's just like you literally threw your action figures at one another, and wherever they fell on the floor, just that's the that. pose you you made, which is kind
0: of Everybody awesome too. <laughs> but, yeah, right, yeah. that's cool. My my biggest complaint is actually a complaint that we have um, an awful lot, actually, is that the first collection of a book is not necessarily the best. I am a huge fan of the run of Master of Kung Fu from about 25 to maybe 70. Yeah, that's
1: what you had suggested. But I – because yeah. that's when – because didn't Doug Munch just basically – run the series
0: for the yeah, 12 at, decades or Gillesi whatever it was on did just amazing stuff. And they brought in the guy who may or may not have been Shang Chi's uh, third cousin or something. And the guy who was pretty clearly James Bond's illegitimate son. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, all of these characters rotating around and Gillesi very clearly doing, um, stunt casting where Bruce Lee was Shang Chi yeah, and yeah, yeah. Sean and, Connery was the other guy.
1: Well, they had, uh, what's his name? Uh, Wilt the stilt in there? Uh, yeah, in the fight in the in the last issue, or the last you issue have, I read.
0: Yeah, I think that my biggest complaint about this, first of all, it's a seventies comic, so it's it's right in my wheelhouse, and this is this is the stuff that I read, you know, to to keep me from strangling people. So I think my biggest complaint is it's not the best master of kung fu that I would have chosen. And again, you know, in retrospect, having him be bright orange really gets—I mean, it, it, it bothers me—as you get to a point where you see these characters, and there are characters who are walking around, and they've got the standard kind of pinkish brown skin tone, and then you'll see a character who's clearly African American, and then you got Shang Chi walking around, look like he overdosed on the you know the spray tanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I know what they were going for. And I think it's kind of like it's kind of like the sweet Christmases last week. It's something that I have to accept as part and parcel of what they were doing, because well, for one thing, this was this was the only Asian character who had his own book at the time. There were only one. He was the first. Okay. Cool. To my knowledge, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, people can go and, and and tell me I'm crazy, but.
1: Yeah. Now, I don't know how you got all these copies for us, Matthew, but it looks like, I don't guess because of the way that you do your Power Ranger stuff, that you probably got it over on eBay. And it looks like a lot of these are running less than a dollar
0: and yeah, maybe $2, $2 for these really things. Expensive. So and I think, you know, to be honest, again.
1: my bottom line, and we're running long here this week, so I apologize. But my bottom line is, if you can get your hands on this run, and it's specifically the um, 15 through, what did I say on the website? 28? 20 Definitely go and try to grab these if you're a fan of 70s kung fu movies, because okay. this is going to feel a lot like this. And quite honestly, I know you said it was below Power Man and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I say this is above Power Man and Iron Fist for me. That's how much I enjoyed this this series. Uh, so, Rodrigo, what about you? Some final thoughts.
2: I would say, considering that these things are hard to get and they haven't been collected in a trade recently. Yeah, not recently. Um I would say don't worry too much about it. If they come around, then maybe get them. If you spot one and you are a collector and you want to own uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number 15 or what, what was
0: it? Uh, no, yeah, 15. What, yeah. Special Marvel Edition number 15. Right. Featuring the Hands of Shang-Chi. Yeah. Right. Master yeah. of Kung Fu. Then, Try and write that sometime, by yeah. the
2: way. If you're, a, if you're a collector, then do that. But honestly, I mean, there was some cool stuff here, some interesting stuff here. But I would give it a pass. Um, there's other Shang-Chi stuff that you can read, and there's other stuff, there's other Marvel Kung Fu stuff that you can find. Um, maybe look up the runs that Matthew likes. I just wasn't completely sold on it. Okay. Zach, what about you?
3: Uh, I would say, you know, if you know someone that has these issues, possibly, or eventually if it gets collected, uh, it wouldn't be in... Uh, it wouldn't be a giant waste of your time to just kind of pick this up and browse through it. I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, it I'm wouldn't be a diplomatic giant waste. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's fun. It's it's still clearly in the seventies. Um, uh, there is a panel with a crocodile, and it does say a crocodile. And I will forever remember that panel. <laughs> that, you know that's been
1: a complaint. I mean, they still do that today. I mean, if you watch the latest, latest Jason reads comics, yeah. he says, "Why is this? Why are they telling me what is in the panel? I yeah. don't need that." Right,
3: right. and and you so you are going to have that. You are going to have to get over that. There is some of the first issues there's really long uh, forms of like exposition for the backstory and stuff. Yeah. So there is still a lot of wordiness to this, but I think, as per
2: Rodrigo's suggestion last
3: week action just don't read any words just kind of skim through story. it read
2: when when people are standing around read that because yeah. that sets up the story and then when they start fighting stop reading
3: yeah there's no there's nothing The story comes when two guys are rolling around and nope. he's fighting a, a, a robot shoot, suit of armor right nothing important is there so if you just skip that this this is enjoyable i enjoyed this more than iron fist and power man last week so if you have an opportunity might as well just spend a couple minutes and read it. Cool. Matthew, what about you?
0: This is a great series to just run around to hundreds and hundreds of little used shops and buy. I swore that they did one of those Marvel uh, Essentials. Black and White Essentials of this, but maybe not. I don't know. In any case, I would say that it's not a rush right out in a buying frenzy. It's something that if you can get your hands on it, absolutely, it's worth the read. The, the second arc is better. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm but,
1: sure. But you know yeah. how I am. I like to start yeah, out with one. You
0: like the beginning. I do. And I love Steven this beginning. has a problem with picking up a comic and not being able to go read issue one.
1: Hey, I jumped into Spider-Man by not reading issue one, so.
0: I read it issue is. Spider-Man, fifteen. Spider Man <laughs> re, relaunches and revamps every twelve. Yeah, minutes, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Technically, every other issue is issue. Cool.
1: Well, thanks for uh, scrounging these up for us, Matthew. I'm sure yeah, that I will what, see that in the next invoice that you send me. You uh, know what? You
0: know what came in the store this weekend, Steve? What's that? Rom the space knight.
1: Cool. Because you know what? A few years ago, we were at Nerdtacular. Yeah,
0: like and, two, years uh, ago, I think. two years ago.
1: Two years ago, we went into a comic store and they had bundled all twenty five issues, like you could buy them for eleven bucks. And I'm like. Matthew always goes on about Rom. I will uh, buy these for him and send them to him. And I never got around to sending them to you. You're a big jerk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, That's uh, all right. Rom, I already got them.
1: You know, I remember Rom. 1979, it was like the toy that I was just like, I've got to have this
0: toy. I want that toy. Oh, my, oh, my God. To the
1: toy night. looks awesome. i got to have it. Parker Brothers, I think, is what it was. Dude, he's got I'm a neutralizer. And Rom. this was like one of those toys. And I don't know. It must have been expensive or something. I don't know what the reason was. But my mom and dad Spending. just refused to buy Rom Space Knight. It's all
2: that chrome.
1: It was, but chromey plastic. Um, and Marvel, again, got the license property for this and ran, what is it, a 25-issue series of Rom oh, Space no, Knight?
0: Oh, no, no. It went for 75 over. Oh, 75? Really? A decade.
1: Oh, I thought yeah. it went only 25 and then it, then they canned it.
0: No, no. It, it lasted well into the 80s. Bill Mantlo eventually takes over and turns it into just utter whack job beauty.
1: Is that when it turns into the Wraiths or is that early on?
0: The Dire Wraiths are in the very first issue.
1: All right. Well, then uh, maybe we should read with the very first issue.
0: All how far, right. How far
1: are we going to read?
0: Twelve issues. What is it, Twelve issues. I don't know where where we you want to break the first it there. Uh, probably since with we have. All third- we, since Let's we go to it, the first. Please first twelve. 50.
2: Please twelve issues. No, I'm not
1: reading the first fifty. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've only got 50. the first twenty five sitting here. Dude, so.
0: there's only seventy five issues.
2: No, I'm not reading. We're not reading seventy five no, issues are, for next. No. If this is a comic from the seventies, I'd like to put in a request to not read more than fifteen issues, please. All right. So is either these twelve things, or come come fifteen.
1: On. These things. I've got eight
0: hundred pages of go the, Girls.
2: Go through the stack. Go through the stack and
1: find where that natural breaking point is. Either the first twelve or the first fifteen. I'll give Rodrigo and Zach my copies to look at and then you read your copies. And for people who want to go to gatekeeper comics and hobbies, Huntune engage, ask them about their brand new collection of (laughs) ROM space night titles. You can pick those up and read along with us because you
0: can't have the amethyst. I already picked those. Oh,
1: okay. All right. So ROM next week. Why? Because we know that Uh you love comics from the seventies and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at major spoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com/slash major
4: spoilers. That is vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose. I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus as soon as that comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner Yeah, what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Oh wait, I think I found a better way If I was hooking green or gray I could just buzz through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on guess i need to rethink this plan how would i bag and board my comics with such huge hands guess i already told ya. what a major spoiler surprised to find that i might actually have the heart to follow an entire storyline What i really even need to keep up on all those escapades i mean who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe but the downside is such a beast being caught up in a fun be in the middle east with a the kings at the wind soldiers
2: Copyright 2013.